Welcome to Free Talk Live. The phones are open if you want to join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. As always, you can bring up absolutely anything that you want to discuss here on broadcast radio, also online streaming. We've got a podcast. We're on satellite. You can get the show in a variety of different ways. We appreciate everybody out there listening. How it is that you prefer? Joining you here tonight, you've got Ian. And Bonnie. And Mark. Mark joining us remotely from a secretive location. I'm in Florida. I was like, is it secret? You didn't ask. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, how was uh, the latest trip in Honduras? I really enjoyed it. That's a secret. Um, we, We have... We have uh, made some huge strides in getting Coral Beach up and ready to build. I'm very excited. I'm not announcing anything yet, but uh, pretty soon you'll be able to buy a house there. That's good. Wow, that's very cool. Or is it houses or townhouses or apartments, or is that too much to... Well, we're working on villas. Okay. Um, we we had a great deal of problems with uh, the sort of condo thing, um, you know, with the collapse of the Zeti law. Uh, we can't just build what we want to build, mm-hmm. like Prospera, who has currently built the largest building on the island of Roatan. Wow. And it's there. I was at the top of it. Um, it's called, called Duna. And, uh, you know, it's 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 a free zone. And I'm, you know, this is what I had hoped to do at one at one point, but uh, it doesn't look like that's going to happen. What about joining Prospero? Wasn't that an option on the table, something you were looking into? Right. So um, although that is supposed to be one of the powers of a uh, ZA at -hmm. this time with this administration, we don't see that happening now. So what is a villa? Sorry, I thought you were done. Yeah, a villa is kind of a, a house that's similar to the house that's next to it. Like and a townhouse? Yeah, townhouse and villas, I think, are pretty similar. Uh, townhouse um, is usually connected, though, right? There's usually a Yeah, townhouse. this won't be connected. Oh, okay. okay, that's so pretty separate. cool. Yeah, this is Canal Side Villa. Um, so you'll have your own uh, little boat dock and be able to go into town if you want. Or you can just use the Neptune's Water Taxi and not own a boat, which I highly recommend. <laughs> the idea. You had a bad experience with that once, huh? I, I've had it more than once. I kind of um, think a villa sounds cooler than a condo. I think it does, too. Um, what do you think? Why do you think that is? Um, because you won't be hearing other people in your walls, and isn't that like what a condo is? A condo is an apartment. A condo is an apartment that you kind of have an ownership stake in. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So obviously, you'll hear some neighbors doing some things. If your condo is constructed well, which would have certainly been my goal, you won't hear them right next door. If your neighbor is sufficiently loud, it doesn't matter if there's ten feet of space between you and them. Um, you'll still hear them. So, but even like not- without, it, it's not just a noise thing. It's just like, oh, I have all this space to myself, and you know, you don't feel like. I, I know there's someone on the other side of this wall. I don't yeah, know. You're not right up against somebody in that case. Yeah, spoken like somebody who doesn't mow the grass. <laughs> um, so I'm going to have to uh, make sure that the grass gets mowed at these places because, um, you know, so there'll be some kind of homeowners association thing. Mm, I see. But I, see. I mean, the reason that I don't particularly want to own a piece of property is because I don't want to be responsible for paying for 
um, you know, the fix-its, all the things that have to happen. And personally, I think that renting is the true freedom and that owning but is But don't you fact own a- this piece of property that you're talking about? No, no, no I do not. You don't? Oh. No. Nope. Okay. It is uh, owned by a corporation um, that will that is uh, owned in part by uh, a foundation that I set up. But no, I do not. Okay, but you're running. You're kind of running the day to day operations. Yeah, I'm going to have to make sure that people's hot water heaters work and things like that. Yeah, (laughs) I I get somebody. I get somebody who works for uh, you know 48 limpiras an hour uh, that, that mows the grass. But yeah, all right. Uh, so I'm sure you'll be telling us more about this as it develops. But in uh, other news, the FBI's back in the news, guys. They got caught, according to the New York Post. This is the headline here. FBI just got caught in yet more massive, outrageous FISA abuses. Somehow, while I believe What is that FISA? Uh, it's a special court. We'll talk about that here in a second. Oh, it's FISA. Uh, You're calling it FISA? FISA, whatever. Visa, Visa, FISA, FISA. The Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act is what it stands for. And uh, and while the headline may indeed be correct that it is massive and outrageous, I suspect that most people just simply won't be outraged enough to care uh, about it because, you know, they keep getting away with it. There's not any kind of uh, way to stop these people, it appears. One thing in your case that amazed me, it just amazed me. I was completely God-stopped. It didn't matter what the FBI did. It didn't matter that you were not accused of stealing from anyone. It didn't matter that you had harmed no one. It didn't matter that the pretense upon which the raid on your house was predicated was based on a plastic sword. (laughs) Um, It mattered none of it. It was just fine and dandy to the jury. 12 people who live in the free state of New Hampshire. Uh, that, yeah, well, it's okay for them to go in and point guns at people and make them walk around in glass-filled shoes and uh, yeah, well, use a couple mm, of No one mentioned that them. during the trial. I should have been allowed to talk at the trial, but for some reason it was like, no, she can't talk at the trial. It didn't make any sense. If I was allowed to talk at the trial, I could have told them I was wearing shoes filled with glass. That's just one small of the many issues i have with the trial it's annoying because the trial system isn't set up to figure out what is the truth of this matter it's set up for two people to make up stories that two sides to make up stories without the whole truth included in either one and like for and then have 12 ignoramuses figure it out right like the whole idea which one they like more is flawed yep it is I mean, it's, it makes as much sense as electing a class president at your high school. It is that dumb. And I mean, yeah, is, you know, the jury decided they didn't like Ian. And I understand. Believe me, I've worked with him for over 20 years. I understand why you wouldn't like Ian. But as to whether or not he committed a crime, he, he, I mean, like I sat there and I, I, I truly believed from what I saw that a reasonable person when sitting on that jury would come to the conclusion that either a no crime had been committed or b only one of these crimes had been committed at the very worst, you know, like I could have moved a few things around the board, but you know, I just couldn't see all eight charges charges like, um, you know, evading taxes. How can you evade taxes when they haven't proved that you owe them? Mm Mm-hmm. 
how can you be guilty of selling Bitcoin to an undercover agent when you actually are on, you know, like it, it's shown that you wrote down that you refused to sell Bitcoin to an undercover agent. Like that is the kind of breathtaking uh, leaps in logic that this jury chose to take. And I, I mean, I know you can't comment on Adian and I know you're supposed to, you know, be contrite about it and all those things. And it's pretty obvious that a jury of your peers did not find you innocent, but man, as somebody who was there, I'm just amazed by it all. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not restricted from commenting about it. I've, I've said publicly, I'm pretty disappointed with, uh, with the jury on this. So I think uh, it's a, a, just exactly what, what Mark said. It's no different than electing a, president in your high school because it's just which side do i like more oh i i like this lady georgiana mcdonald i i love her uh expensive bag and heels she's wearing i yeah, kind of like her i believe her story to, because like you know from our perspective female and of woman course, power and of versus course, ian who's like a man and everybody hates men right now we are um libertarians we're voluntarists we're you know liberty liberty loving people so we tend to be more critical of people like the police but it seemed so clear when these cops got up, uh, these FBI agents and the I undercover IRS guy got up on the stand. They seemed to be so slimy under cross-examination. I mean, it and just they, were, seemed- they were lying. I mean, I know for a fact, at least one of those people, um, the FBI head lady at the mm-hmm. time of the raid, Tebow, yeah. lied about me. She said she didn't know anyone else that was in the house or who they were, even though she walked up to me and said, Bonnie Cruz, Ian mm-hmm. Freeman's girlfriend? And she lied on the stand. Sure. We didn't know she who she was or that they were there or anyone else in the house because they didn't want to look like. So you put a whole bunch of innocent people's lives in, even considering, let's just, uh, uh, you know, forget Ian. Everyone else in this house, you know, their lives were disrupted and also in danger just because of a bunch of uh, regulatory, quote unquote, white collar crimes. She didn't want to look bad way- at that. That's just one way, Bonnie, that uh, that Tebow lied. Tebow lied on another issue. Um, it, shoot, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna space on it, but um, it was it had to do with her claiming that she was there when the raid occurred. Right, but she and was then, down the street. Oh, it had to do later, with the call out. Yeah, the, the call out. So called right. the 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 purported call out that never actually occurred. Where if there was a call out, it was made at five fifty something in the morning, as if. I think it was very 5:15. many people are awake. Hmm. Yeah, five fifteen in the morning. Yeah, uh, five fifteen in the morning, as if very many people are awake at that time, and it would have given you all of three seconds, ten seconds to mm-hmm. come to the door. Um, there I mean, was no evidence of a call out. I mean, you can look you at can the see video. The no evidence yeah, you, you can't can see, see their the face people. moving. They the roll. only evidence was the evidence of a person who clearly was lying. Like yeah. they had lied about me even being there. Yeah, they roll up. They pull over near and Bonnie's the car. It, by the, they pulled up near Bonnie's car in a truck. They get out. They they put a flashlight into her car just to, I guess to check to see if someone's lurking back there. And then the guy with the you know who flashed in the car pulls out a grenade and throws it. I mean, it's not like he's got a megaphone uh, out. He doesn't and, put his hand up next to his face like someone yeah. might if they were trying to call <laughs> right. as loud as possibly. Uh, right. And then on the front side of the house, there's a uh, SWAT team coming in uh, up on the porch and readying themselves kind of riot shield. to smash in uh, the front studio window. I mean, there's not there's not any one of those guys that makes any effort to call out. You can cl- And they made it very clear that it was the law that they must call out. 
That's what they said. They, they made yeah. it clear that it was the law, and they, they made that it, it was clear part of the warrant. They said it was part of the warrant. Apparently, that and, was required in the warrant. Well, so thus they raided illegally, and the jury didn't care. No. You, it was shown multiple times to them, and the jury didn't care. Well, I don't know. We the, should talk about how a lot of people don't even care. I think the most annoying part is how few people actually care. Like there isn't this big group of people standing together to say government no this is you are doing something that is objectively wrong no you will not do this there was a scattering of very nice people that i'm very grateful who came every day tons of which came from out of state and aren't even free staters and then there are these people that want to be like famous for being the most liberty activist people ever on twitter all day who didn't show up and i just think that it's ridiculous because Things like this should just would not happen if there was a huge gathering of people all in one place that will know. say, they no, would still happen. no, you can't do this. Yeah, they would still happen. I, the, the federal government doesn't care if you bring, you know, 100 people into a courtroom. They're going to they're going to proceed with what they're going to do. It's not going to stop them. It could ju- it could ju- sway the jury like, oh, look, this person is clearly not a bad person because he has 100 supporters. Yeah, well, sp- supposedly there's like, I don't know, 8000 free staters. Right. Yeah. Supposedly, yeah, that's true. No, I get the uh, I get the disappointment, but I mean, the reality is, it's a three week long trial. You can't expect people to come out for a three week long trial. Well, it's not one for thing all three weeks. I mean, come. it it's so nice if yeah. people even came out for one day. Like right. tons of people didn't come at all. Yeah, well, they're they're certainly not obligated to. Not everybody has it in their mind that uh, cryptocurrency is their number one issue. There's a lot of people who are here who are concerned with uh, you know drug decriminalization or gun rights. Or, if you care about drug you know, decriminalization, there are a lot better places to move than New Hampshire. Yeah, I'm just saying. There's a lot of people that have a lot of things that's going on in their life. They probably don't even know who I am, Bonnie. I mean, I'm I'm not a as high profile. As maybe you would like to to believe, a lot of people moving here don't know anything about Free Talk Live. It's not like it was uh, ten years ago, and a lot of those people have left in that last period, uh, that period of time. So, I, like I said, I, I'm I'm like you on this, Bunny. I am grateful for the people who came out. I suspect that if we had doubled our numbers, which would have been nice, I don't think that would have resulted in the jury changing their mind. Even if we doubled our numbers, it'd be like a very small fraction of the free staters that are here. But whatever. Yeah. Well, so, I, I'm not here to to try to fix the Free State Project, but I would have a comment on the jury system. And what my comment on the jury system is, is that if you expect a panel of 12 ignoramuses, and I know you don't like that term when I use it, Ian, but I use it as factually as possible. Generally, the general public is ignorant on the law, and I am within that set. The set of people that are ignorant of the law is wide and vast, and the set of the people who know the law is zero. There is a subset of people who will claim to know the law for money mm-hmm. and, or, or benefit in some manner, and that is a very small set. But they don't ask any of those people. If you would have had a trial by, I mean, in any civilized country, you would have gotten a trial by three judges. If you would have had a trial by three judges, I suspect you would have gotten a more true ruling on what is the law. Yeah, hard to really say. I mean, I tend to agree. I think it would have been probably the right choice to make would have been to go uh, with a bench trial in this case. But, uh, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Hindsight's twenty twenty. Took the risk. Uh, so we are going to appeal, of course, the uh, the Crypto 6 case. If you're curious to learn more about it, you can go to thecrypto6.com. Uh, our co-host Aria, she is out tonight. I it's guess less she... about how many people show up to 
the trial and more about how disappointing it is that there are so few people on this planet that know the difference between right and wrong morally. So few people who have any type of mm-hmm. cojones and want to be able to say, I don't, I'm not a slave and I won't live as a slave and these people are doing something that's wrong. You're referring to the jury at this point? No, the jury and everyone on this planet. Yeah, it, it is definitely sad, uh, the state of humanity. I mean, we are essentially all living on a big slave plantation. And when you're surrounded by a bunch of other slaves, then you know the slaves rule, unfortunately. And that's that's one of the reasons why we're trying to, I think, get as many people who have broken out of that mindset to migrate here to New Hampshire and, uh, and join together for whatever value that can confer. And I think there is value in it, even though Mark is pretty skeptical about it these days. I think there's and, value in it, too. I mean, I wouldn't have had someone help me scare a dangerous criminal off my porch the other day if I didn't live in a house with a bunch of people who moved from different states to come together for the New Hampshire freedom mm-hmm. uh, movement. Yeah. It is well, a great community. There really is let, a, there are a lot of good people here. Let me my position on New Hampshire because, um, it, as is common on this show, you and, and that, that's how we make a living, right? You and I argue for a living and, and have done so for 20 years. But as is common on this show, you characterize my position is not exactly the way I would characterize it. I had to make a decision recently as to what state I was going to claim as my residence. I don't live in the United States very much, but I don't live in Honduras enough to claim it as my residence for tax purposes, what they call a tax home. So I had to pick a state. And I picked the state, and that state was New Hampshire. And the reason I picked New Hampshire was because, you know, my friends are there, and it. I, I really like the description by, uh, what's what's the gentleman's name, Jeremy Kaufman, um, that it's the libertarian homeland. Well, I do not believe that the free state is free. And wow, I would say that a place like Prospera or Morazan.city are both currently freer than New Hampshire will be within my lifetime, that it is still the choice I would like to make as far as, um, you know, where's, where's my tax home? Because I'm already pretty free. I can you know, pay off the government the ways that I need to pay the government off in order to do the things that I want to do. And that's the, the trade that you make currently for freedom you're gonna have to give one of these organizations that claims dominion some money in order to do the things you want to do in order to get them to leave yeah, it's you a alone. strange definition of freedom i mean you're essentially saying that being forced to pay a tribute to a criminal enterprise is freedom and i think uh most libertarians probably would disagree with that particular sentiment i I understand it does afford you the ability to be left alone, and that's what happens when you pay off the gang. That's what freedom is, right? Freedom is the uh, being left alone. Paying to be left alone is paying for freedom. And oh, it's a it's a one way to look at it, Mark. That's like for sure. I think it's a little twisted. You want to do without being in inhibited, and I understand that your uh, position is that you choose like the top things that you want to do without being told you yep. can't do them um right. and i, don't I just want to, i don't want to smoke pot while driving uh, helmetless on a motorcycle with my gay lover and that's why i just think that in my personal view new hampshire is freer than some place like prospera because of the fact that it's just a bigger place i can go to the other states and take 
advantage of other things if I want. I mean, I'm just considering if I like went to Prospero and became a citizen, I guess I could always come back, but I, I don't know. The person, the top things I want, I haven't sat down and thought them out specifically, but I just don't, I could understand being Well, consider old. that the thing that you want, Bonnie, consider the thing that you want is to shop at Walmart and to uh, be able to live a normal American life. More like and... Hobby Lobby, Home Goods. <laughs> okay. Wait, I'm not, I'm, I'm not making fun of that. I'm telling you that that's exactly true. When you leave the United States, you leave that behind. There are places that mimic it better and places that mimic it worse. But it's the single biggest thing is that you currently live in the consumer paradigm uh, apex yeah, of it's like, all of history, of all of society. Like a couple of weeks ago, Nikki, Nikki was telling me like, oh, if you're paying taxes at all, you're not an anarchist. You have to go to Alaska and live in the middle of nowhere and build an igloo where nobody can find you. And I was just like, I don't think that that's necessarily true. Just because I'm being forced to do something that I know is wrong, pay property taxes, doesn't mean that I should have to give up all my other freedoms that I like, like, you know, having people around me and not living in an igloo. Yeah, it's a right. ridiculous statement to say that, that you can't be an prospers, anarchist. It's not the same thing. It's a ridiculous statement to say you can't be an anarchist if you pay any taxes, because I guarantee I just, you... Anarchist is what you, you believe. Every single one. Yeah, anarchy, anarchism is just a belief. Every single one of those tough-talking anarchists, they're all paying some kind of tax somewhere. I guarantee it. I definitely... Uh, uh, What's the word? Encourage people to pay as little taxes as possible yeah, I whenever bet you they she can. goes and fills up her car with gasoline. I no, bet you but she's her got argument a... wasn't that she's more anarchist than me, just to be fair. She wasn't saying... Oh, so she oh, was saying I'm... she is also not an anarchist because yeah. she doesn't pay taxes? Ridiculous. Uh, but anyway, if you want to comment, you can join the show here. The number is 603-283-6160. But also, I think it's pretty silly to say that if you pay a gang, that you are free. And I think by, like, to me... Being free means that there's not a criminal enterprise around extracting your wealth from you at any kind of arbitrary point. And that you would have, if there were, you would have the freedom to defend yourself against those people, which obviously you do not have uh, the freedom to when it comes to the criminal gang known as the government. There's more coming up here, though. The number is 603-283-6160 if you want to weigh in. Plus, we got to get to the FBI and the latest shenanigans. Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash Digital Cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. In addition to being one of the world's first cryptocurrencies, Dash was the first crypto project to have a decentralized autonomous organization that to this day continues to improve and promote Dash. Every month, 10% of the mining rewards go into a treasury. Anyone with one Dash to spend can put forward a proposal to the Dash masternodes to vote on. The masternodes vet the proposals and decide which ones move forward and are funded by the Treasury. In fact, that's exactly how we got this sponsorship. Nowadays, DAOs are plentiful, but Dash paved the way by doing it first, nearly a decade ago. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. Thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. Dash.org. Talk Live. You can join the show here and bring up whatever you want. The number 
is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. And uh, Free Talk Live brought to you by listeners like you on our AMPS program. You can join AMPS. AMPS stands for Advertise, Market, Promote, and Support. It is a way for you to directly get behind the show for as little as $5 per month. And I want to thank JCOM3030, who is a diamond-level supporter of AMPS. That means JCOM is doing, I believe that's 50 I believe, per month, if I recall correctly. Uh, so thank you, JCOM3030. That's a tremendous uh, level of support. We only ask for 5 bucks a month. He's doing 10 times that amount. Uh, so definitely appreciate it. And you can help us advertise, market, promote, and support the show as well. Just go to amps.freetalklive.com. You can sign up there through our Patreon. You can use your debit card, your credit card, your PayPal account to do that. If you don't like Patreon, and I understand, uh, they are definitely you know a big corporation. Uh, if you don't like them, then you can support us through our Odyssey channel as well with your debit or credit card by going to video.freetalklive.com and clicking the join link on the page there. It's right toward the top. You do have to have an Odyssey account uh, to do that with, and then they'll take your credit card info, and you'll be good to go. And then you'll support Odyssey instead of supporting uh, Patreon, and that, of course, also supports us as well. That's video.freetalklive.com or amps.freetalklive.com. Let's go to the phones Is here. Is Diamond the highest level? No, I think there's an elite level that's uh, 100 bucks a month, if I recall correctly, so, but I don't have it in front of me. I, I got to say, I, I think that at some point in the near future, you're going to need to tear that diamond thing up. De Beers had a really great gig going with diamonds for the last 100 years, but at this point, they can grow those things in a lab. They cannot grow gold. They cannot yeah, grow yeah. platinum. He's he's just teasing, uh, saying that diamonds aren't worth teasing. what they used to be. Oh, diamond no. is the top tier. Oh, I see what you're saying. No, what I'm saying is is that they can currently make a diamond wafer that is like two centimeters across. They can make jewelry in a shape that they couldn't do, simply could not do 10 mm-hmm. years ago. It's they still can not produce... worth as much, though. Like my, my emerald is lab grown that I have on my wedding ring. I didn't want to spend a whole bunch of money on my wedding ring, but I wanted an emerald and a real. I support that. Yeah. Like I think that you're the smartest person in the room. Somebody out there with a rock that had to enslave their fellow human being, mm-hmm. you know, um, in the order only, to put that on their finger, uh, not. The only other thing is that, like, a lab-grown emerald like mine is more likely to break in my lifetime than, like, so, one that I, came another from the ground. It'll be a tenth of the value, the cost when, <laughs> yeah, when you be. do. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just a, I mean, rocks are just rocks at this and point. And it's really pretty. It's You can have the best a thing 40 ever. carat lab-grown emerald right now if you want to have it 40 carats it could be this giant thing that you can no longer use your left hand um and you know these things just and and then shortly after that anybody can have it pretty soon it's going to be something like ten dollars a carat and where people are going to wonder why in the heck we ever did this I want to go to the phones here. Uh, let's talk to Saheed. He's in Maryland. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Saheed. Hey, guys. I was just hearing your conversation earlier about taxes, and uh, I just had a quick comment or wanted to hear you guys' thoughts on um, – because the way that I look at it is that uh, <clears throat> sales tax is something that the, the person you're buying from is going to pay, regardless like they're holding it, and they're going to go ahead and pay the government for it uh, to go ahead and have the 
uh, I guess, the privilege to go ahead and sell you something. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not something that's directly that you're directly paying. Whereas with the property tax, it's pretty it pretty much is. It's like uh, it's like you're paying the government pretty much directly, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. When you pay property State taxes, government. you cut a check to the government. Sure, I, I see what you're saying though. Yeah. You're saying somebody buying a product at a cash register isn't actually cutting the check to the state. But, I mean, it still feels that's like fine. you're getting taxed when you're at the well, register. That's fine. But, I mean, let's not let, – let's, let's presume that this, uh, this high horse about which we're talking here, because the, the premise, well, the, 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 the situation, the context was someone scolding someone else about their principles as a libertarian um, for, for paying taxes – in comparing and contrasting property tax and sales tax within that. And I will say that, yes, somebody else is paying your tax based on the, the uh, transaction that you generated. And, um, you know, they're paying your tax for you. That's fine. But if you're, I, I can't, I, I wouldn't, it would say that this horse's legs are very, very short, not a high horse at all. Um, and, and that, uh, you know, if you're paying rent, you're not paying property tax. But you can believe that the property upon which you're renting is paying uh, property taxes being paid on it. And if it wasn't, you wouldn't be very happy if it got sold at auction out from underneath you. And the thing is, the fact is you you will get thrown in a cage or have your property stolen if you don't pay a property tax. It's just like the state of consciousness of the entire planet right now is not yet at a place where people see, oh, it's wrong to steal from people. We're just not there yet. We don't well, have no, a- they think it's wrong to steal from people. They just don't think taxes are stealing. They're not there yet. I don't think they are. They don't think it's wrong to steal from people if they are okay with property taxes. They if don't they, see it as they stealing. They haven't read what it is. They just are doing a thing without they won't ha- being completely it. uninformed. They don't want to see it. They don't want to well, see what it's it not, is. Ian. It's not stealing. It's extortion. You opt well, uh, into it. About, it's go ahead, say. about uh, paying rent and, uh, you know, uh, secondhand, you're also paying tax. I think that's similar to the sales tax example, whereas yeah. the property tax is direct. And so I kind of see that as uh, more like uh, your argument, Mark, where you're going ahead and paying for the, you know, you're paying the government to go ahead and say, get your freedom to live on land, you know, which I think we can all agree that we can live somewhere, own something without, uh, you know, needing to pay tax. But, sure, uh, but that's not even true. You can pay them 3000 or 8000 or whatever $1,000 per year for property tax, and then they're still going to come back and say, oh, well, you can't have a garden in your front lawn, or you can't have this, or you can't do that. You can't oh, yeah, paint exactly. your fence. Yeah. You can't, can't do this. can't build your watchtower. you got to ask us permission for everything you want to do. And that while there are a few exceptions to this, like there's a few towns in New Hampshire that have no zoning, uh, for instance. So there are places you can go where you know they'll molest you less. Just paying the gang doesn't necessarily mean they're going to stop molesting you. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. Yeah, I was just uh, trying to compare the two, uh, property tax and uh, uh, paying for your freedom and versus something more like sales tax or paying rent as uh, something that's indirect, where it's the other person basically going ahead and doing the paying, and so it's on them morally. I don't really uh, think that I mean, these... Don't have, I don't really think that on the item. people you know, paying pay the tax regardless. taxes in a place where they'll go to jail if they don't pay them is ever really immoral. I, I think that... If you want to get uh, stop doing as much as possible, that's a good thing. But I don't think that you're a bad person if you just pay the tax because 
You're the one being stolen from. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with paying the criminal to not break your legs. I mean, if that's what you're the situation you're in, I wouldn't judge yeah. somebody for, for doing that. What's immoral that. is when you do something wrong to someone else because you were told to do so. Like, well, I'm a cop and I got told to go uh, stop that person from using their First Amendment right to free speech. I put them in jail mm-hmm. for passing out flyers. It's just my job. I was just told to do it. Like, if you are acting in any... Whatever you actions you put out into the world that are wrong, aka not right, aka you don't have a right to do it objectively, yeah, is wrong. Yeah, I mean, I actually kind of do see a, a little bit of a, a moral culpability there. I don't know how you call it, uh, because uh, if you do have the chance not to go ahead and pay that or to go ahead and refuse to, but how uh, do you have that chance? You'll just not have a house, you'll get it stolen from, you'll starve yeah, because that's if- what I meant about renting. Renting versus and uh, you know doing sales tax. I feel like, but there's no big a, difference. Just because there's one middleman in between, there's not a, a big difference. It's like Mark said, your property tax you're living on is still getting paid. Yeah, I mean it is a small difference, but I do think that it does have like it is a moral kind of decision that you can make. I did, I, I make that decision. Uh, That's not a moral decision. It's uh, just really a deci- it's just a convenience. You know, your I mean, uh, can, landlord be, takes yeah. care of stuff, so you don't have to. And one of those things yeah, is I, paying I, yeah, the exactly. taxes. Uh, yeah, for sure. I just, I, I just see it that way. I was just kind of curious what you guys thought about it. So. Thank you, Saheed, for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. Yeah, it doesn't make you more moral or a better I, anarchist because you've decided to rent instead of, uh, you know, cut a property tax check. I think that it's like the trolley, um, uh, the the trolley problem or whatever that's called, um, the trolley scenario where you're like, well, you're here and you're going to pull the lever. If you don't pull the lever. Five people die, you know, five kids die on a track if you do pull. But if you do pull the lever. You don't pull it because you didn't start this thing uh, in action. Hold hold on. Well, then then what? Then then Saheed's right. That you didn't pay, that a renter doesn't pay tax and that the government does. Are you driving the train? No. Is it your fault that the train's in action? The government does? You mean the landlord does? The landlord pays the tax. Um, the renter, the renter isn't paying tax if um, if the renter's just there giving money to the guy at the trolley thing who's pulling the lever. Then the renter's not responsible for it. Like I'm that's just what having I'm trouble. Is, I, I guess I missed a part. I'm I'm not seeing the exact metaphor here. Okay, so um, in the trolley scenario, there's a person who's standing at a trolley lever. Yep. And they, if they pull the trolley lever. Um, you know, uh, five people are saved, but one person loses an hour of their life or something silly like that. Right. Yeah, I know that. And what I'm saying is, is that effectively the renter isn't pulling the lever. The landlord is. Saheed's right. I, I don't think so at all. The thing is, the person who did something wrong in this situation isn't the lever puller, no matter who dies. The person who did something wrong is the person who put this system in place of taxes, a.k.a. the person who tied these people to the tra- train track. You didn't right. do anything so the, wrong. The person who tied the people to the train tracks is truly the culpable person. The only culpable person. But what culpability does the person at the lever have? Um, I think that you should be like, I'm not God, and if somebody's going to die either way, I'm not going to choose who dies, and I didn't do this situation. If you could stop it, you should, but if you can't stop it, it's not your fault you didn't do it. I'm not saying there's fault. I'm saying that if you pay rent, if if you pay rent, you know that property taxes are going to be paid and you're therefore responsible. And what's the and other al- alternative? 
move into a boat on Lake Spofford <laughs> and don't pay property tax. Well, no one's going to do that because it sounds terrible. Oh, well, the, 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 but I don't want to. I want to rent. I want to own. Yeah, I want to live I on dry land. Why don't Why don't you move to Saipan where there is no property tax? Because I want Walmart. That's right. <laughs> You um, in order in order that Bonnie has Walmart, and I'm not saying this is wrong. It's not wrong, and we're talking about right and wrong. We're not talking. Well, about... I'm not talking. I'm the one saying that it isn't. The taxes aren't theft. So go ahead and lambast me for that. But if have. you if you want to if you want to claim the taxes are theft, taxes then... are extortion. They're not theft. I, I know well, there's like a slight difference between, but extortion. it's a wrong thing. It's a taking Ta- from someone wrongly, whatever you want to call it. If you're if you're talking in legal land terms, I guess it's, it's extortion. a criminal gang that will put Bonnie a gun agreed to, to your the head. Taxes in New Hampshire when she moved to New Hampshire. No, I didn't. Yeah, well, yeah, you did. That's just a political fantasy, Mark. It's like believing that there is a social contract just because somebody Look, crosses the border. If I walk into Denny's, if I walk into Denny's and I order food, and then I refuse to pay because nobody made me sign a contract. Um, in order at the we end, then I'm an a hole. We de- debunk this because okay. you walk debunk in there and you get a menu, and the menu says the price of the thing you order. <laughs> right, and if you sometimes and you know full well that your property when you buy it in New Hampshire has property tax. But it's not like I'm taking from somebody else. It's not like there's somebody that actually uh, mows my lawn and all this stuff that I need to pay for that I'm taking from them. In the situation of Denny's, that's somebody who owns this uh, vegetable that I'm about to eat and puts time and effort into cooking it, brings it out to me. I'm actually stealing from that person. So, Well, actually, the town of... Keene, New Hampshire owns your property. You have a special form of lease that we call ownership in the United States. Fake well, we, we, entities can't own a property. Really? The, the, the city of Keene is a <laughs> I illegal... I guess entities that own all kinds of property. Because you, that's not like an illegal, immoral thing. In point of fact reality, the city of Keene doesn't exist. No, but what does exist are men with guns who believe in the city of Keene. There are a bunch of these people who have joined together as a criminal enterprise to extract the hard-earned wealth of the people that they are dominating in this particular geographic area. I agree with you, Bonnie. There is no city of Keene. That's simply a political fantasy. It is a uh, it's but a there corporation. are places you can move and not pay property tax. Like where? You won't have Walmart, though. You will have Joatan in um, Saipan, though. Joatan? Yeah, there's um, it's it's Joe A Tan or something like that. Is the is the guy's name? It was Chinese. Um, Tan being his last name and his first name. So being it's Joe, like so. it's a department store. A department store. Well, it's a it's it's a bunch of things. Uh, it's a family, and they own you know a an entity that doesn't exist called Joe Tan Enterprises or something like that. And among the things that they own is this call it a Sam's Club knockoff. Um, on one of the main streets there, and it's uh, it's pretty impressive. I mean, you know, it's they just kind of buy bulk, and you know, you can get some really great deals there, and people shop there all the time. It's right next to the comic book store too. Yep, but there is still a criminal enterprise there, and they still must have taxes to support their uh, their entity, right? Yeah, their taxes come from you, the American taxpayer, because largely they are funded by. So living there is immoral. (laughs) <laughs> because living there comes from theft of the Americans. 
look, I didn't create the system I didn't and I didn't did. pull the lever. But you also shouldn't um, say that it's not immoral if you every time you pay you property, t- every time you pay property tax, you're pulling the lever. No, I'm not. Pulling what lever? The lever on the trolley, man. Hmm. Well, okay. Pulling the lever, sure. But I already told you that I don't think that it's immoral to pull the lever. It's immoral to tie people to the train track knowing that they'll die. Right. The people doing the immoral thing are the ones threatening the property tax or the property uh, owners like, with yes, violence. A bully is wrong when he goes to a smaller kid and says, give me your lunch money. But the person who gives the lunch money so he doesn't get beat up is not immoral, even though Agreed. he is um, quote unquote participating in what the bully is doing. The He's a victim. a victim. I agree, but I try to avoid as many taxes as possible. So and do I. Well, while we you. have a property conversation, taxes is an important one. Or about is a big where one. is the most libertarian place to live, I'm going to say the place that has legalized gambling, gambling, the place that has um, ignores prostitution, the place that has no sales tax, no um, that its income tax is discounted by up to eighty percent off of the federal um, uh, income tax, that has no property tax. Uh, I mean, you know, like this place is the far and away winner as far as and it costs innocent people Vietnam. who work every single day it costs them for those people have their their water those and people willingly live in the united states every single day together so you're um, calling the person getting their lunch money stolen live. just a voluntary part of the thing and they're not the person who's getting lunch money stolen is not voluntarily part of it. They only give the money away because they don't want their nose broken. There are very few people that pay tax- taxes voluntarily um, with a smile on their face. But I would say everybody play- pays their taxes voluntarily. If you choose to live in a place, you have chosen that tax regime. I didn't say that it's not voluntary. It obviously is. Every choice a person makes is their choice. And they made that... Or. It's not that How it's voluntary. How can something be voluntary if you have a gun to your head? It's not that it's voluntary. It's that they made the choice. I'm just saying that the choice isn't immoral. If they've chosen to not take a bullet by giving a criminal money, yes, they've made a choice. But it was not a choice that they wanted to likely make. It's not a choice that they... Yes, I, I misspoke. It wasn't voluntary, but it is a well, choice they it made. Was vol- he yeah. said it was voluntary. And I didn't pay It taxes. is voluntary. No, it's and not I'll voluntary. Def- and I'll defend it. Let me p- please allow me to. Which tax are we referring to so I can make this uh, this, this explanation? Property tax on this stu- studio house. Pop property tax on this studio house. Um, are you obligated to pay property tax on that studio house in 2025? Yes, because they'll steal your oh, house. Only if you that. own it. You can sell it today, and then the person who owns it will have to pay it in 2025, and there will be no uh, you know, involuntary action. Of but I also want to live tax. here. Well, then you're going to need to find some place that doesn't have property tax in order to do that. No, and not I have because recommended it's, it's not like there's and you're like, be... I want Walmart and straight hair. It's not like there's going to be zero things that are immoral going on if I live in anywhere on this planet. I, I And I'm not claiming that there are. So you, I'm addressing you an issue about I, pay, paying property tax here. on the studio. So you are and, saying that I'm immoral living here because I'm letting... Property taxes nope. get paid. I'm saying you voluntarily pay the tax. No, I'm Let not. Let me ask you because this. Because there's hold lots on, of on, different factors. Hold on, Bonnie. Hold on, Bonnie. It's not now, apples and oranges. There's a building called Duna at a place called Prosper. Isn't that a German food? Just wondering. 
I don't know. Well, I was wondering um, if they named it, it after German foods. What it means here in this case is dune, as in a pile of sand. Oh, okay. Um, there's a place called Duna that will be open by the end of the year. Uh, they say September. I, I say the end of the year. Um, in Prospera, Honduras, that will be under private governance. And it will have something that they're calling tax. Now, I don't call it tax because it's involuntary, or excuse me, because it's voluntary. But we, if you choose to set up the studio in that place, would it be immoral? This all goes back to who owns it. The city of Keene doesn't exist and doesn't own this land. And the person who owns Duna does own Duna and paying no them would just be rent. Duna. Well, I thought you said that they did. There's a group of people calling themselves Prospera that own Duna. And they have an explicit agreement that you likely have to sign when you want to buy property there, right? Or when you want to rent there. Is that yes, right? Yes, exactly right. right. And they so, voluntarily came together and they don't force anyone that's the to difference, be a part by the of way. It. Before you go on, that's the difference here, okay? So when you're joining a neighborhood association, when you're joining this Duna on Prospera or whatever, you're joining Mark's uh, future thing that he's going to do, villas, then you are given the rules... You, they're written down. You can read through them probably in a weekend or a night. It's probably something that's relatively short. As I understand it, Prospera is, is relatively short. You're, you're shaking your head. You're saying it's not short. No, Prospera is found, founded by a bunch of attorneys, uh-huh. and they have written a great deal. It includes English common law, this uh, pared down English common law written by Tom W. Bell. Um, how long are Ulick. we talking about? How many, how many pages are we talking about here? In order to opt into everything that's there, you would have to read hundreds of pages of uh, documents. Okay, so a weekend. So you could do it in a weekend. I, I mean, it, and you'd have to understand what you're reading. Okay. And um, any well, here's what my point is: is that none of us click on the terms of service. None of us read those terms of. Very rarely does anyone read the terms of service. And you're not offering and, them in New Hampshire. Yeah, but that's different. Hold on. That's a totally different story if you're talking about a piece of software that is relatively unimportant uh, or a cell phone contract or whatever where there's the, the amount of money at, uh, at risk is relatively low. It's no big deal to not read the terms of service. But you better believe that when uh, we've entered into an agreement with a satellite provider or something like that, I've read every single one of those uh, terms of service because it's a very important, very large purchase. Similarly, if you're going to be moving into a neighborhood association where there's going to be potential neighborhood Nazis who are going to try to rule over your life, you better know what the rules are of that system before you go into it. So if you don't read those rules, then, you know, buyer beware, you're going to get what you get. In the case of governments, you don't get presented with any kind of terms of service. You don't the laws get are right like there that. for you to read any of them that it you want to read. It does not come as part of the contract. When you buy a house, there's no rules that are associated with that. You're not given any information about that. You're not given full due diligence or whatever. There's certain things that come to uh, when you, if you look at contracts, right, like there's certain things that have to be gone through in order for a contract to be considered legitimate. Uh, and one of those things is an offer. I believe the other is uh, acceptance. There has to be yeah, yeah, compensation. The, there has to be a meeting of the minds, and there has to be uh, compensation, as you uh, as you put it. There's another term for it, uh, no, yeah, a, a legal that, term yeah, for that. Remittance, or you know, Your change of value. Or, yeah. yeah. So uh, those but, things do not exist when it comes to property taxes at all. So it's just not a. It's not well, they don't exist. Comparison. 
you know, I mean, you paid property tax on a, on a house before you moved to Keene, New Hampshire. You knew that this was going to be part of the gig. And just because it, I know there's a criminal enterprise in the area doesn't mean that it is a voluntary it's an owner of choice. the land. You can call them criminal if you want, but their criminality goes back many, many centuries. But it's, very, it it's okay. very important because their criminality is involved in the thing we're talking about. It's not like they're just happening to be criminals. I want to talk about Israel and Cuba when we get back. Okay, but it doesn't matter uh, that they've been around for a long time. It's still a criminal enterprise and it's not a voluntary choice uh, just because you just because you move to another place. Some of you have wanted to support Free Talk Live's mission on a monthly basis but don't want to support Patreon. Now we have an alternative that also helps our premier streaming platform, Odyssey. Visit video.freetalklive.com and click join at the top of the channel. You can subscribe for $5 per month, and unlike other subscription services, Odyssey adds their processing fee on top, so it'll cost a little over $5 per month, but Free Talk Live will receive the entire amount you pledged. Higher donation tiers are available if you're feeling so inspired. You'll get a special membership badge that's visible in the Odyssey chat room, and if we get enough supporters, we may enable members-only chat. This new subscription method is a great way to decentralize our direct listener support away from just Patreon and also support a libertarian-run business, Odyssey. Please visit video.freetalklive.com and click join to subscribe to our Odyssey channel and help support spreading our message around the planet. Visit video.freetalklive.com and click join today. Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. The phones are open. If you want to join in, you can. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Ian and Bonnie here tonight. Also, Mark joining us from a ways away down in Florida. We've been rehashing an old conversation here tonight because Mark has... Uh, I guess, I don't know, changed his beliefs over time. I think you used to believe that taxation was uh, theft or extortion. You're now saying, Mark, that... It certainly sold t-shirts with Free Talk Live's logo on it. Yeah, you're now saying that uh, it is something akin to a voluntary contract. And Yeah, I, I do think it's that. Yeah. Do you have any, um, any, any words from our sponsors you'd like to discuss? Maybe. Um, but I also have phone calls here, so we're going to go to that, and then you guys. I can, really want to get. You to said that, you wanted but... to talk about Israel and or some other country, so Cuba. we'll get, we'll get into that uh, here in a moment. Of course, your call, your calls and thoughts are welcome. Alu Axelman is on the line, calling us from New Hampshire. He's the publisher over at LibertyBlock.com. Alu, welcome. Hi, I have some comments on the show last night with Nikki, Captain Kickass, and. Uh, classic, I believe. All right, what happened? Because um, I wasn't here for it, and some of our listeners probably weren't, too. Well, there was libertarian drama and arguments, and I need them to know that I am right, and I am the only real libertarian, and they're all <laughs> um, um, but, So pretty much, Nikki, Nikki obviously knows a bit about healthcare. She seemed to insinuate that um, things are not diseases if it's a thing that you did to yourself, like um, addicts, people who are addicted to drugs. Um, and she has the common belief that old Alu used to have as well a few years ago hmm. that you should not call addictions 
disease is because you really did it to yourself as a choice. And then I thought about it a few years ago, and I realized almost every disease, like 90% of diseases in my experience, are totally self-imposed. Yep, definitely by like diet. Oh, you got your radio on in the background, I think. I don't know. Just some other noise. Oh. What were you going to say, though, Bonnie, about diet or Yeah, like whatever? the way you eat definitely can cause a heart attack. Mm-hmm. So Lack of exercise. does that mean that a heart attack is not a disease? That's a good point, Arlu. I hadn't really thought of it like that. Well, I mean, what is a disease besides just not, you know, dis-ease, not being at ease, right? I mean, that's, what does that being even unhealthy? mean? I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not quite the linguist that Peakless Mountaineer is. So I don't know the mm-hmm. Latin or, or Greek origins or whatever. But, but pretty much in healthcare, medicine, a disease would probably be... Um, uh, translated as, as meaning an illness throughout the body that's generally pretty permanent, that's out of a state of homeostasis and, you know, could make you uncomfortable or whatever or lead to your death. Um, and again, if heart disease fits that description, which it does, it's an ongoing killer as well, heart disease, um, then I would think that addictions from cocaine to heroin to smoking to alcohol would also fit that definition. So I, I totally on this issue. I used to believe it's not a disease and it's totally self-imposed, which it is. But in my experience, treating uh, five, 10,000 patients over the last 12 years, almost everyone who I've had in my truck, in my ambulance, has been because of self-imposed decisions mm-hmm. from bad um, eating, exercise, diet, all that stuff, lifestyle, from diabetes to heart disease and COPD. So that's just an And there's problem. the automobile accidents, which I think are a little less um, your fault necessarily. But every time you get in a car you know that there's a chance that you could be in an automobile accident. Yeah, that's probably 50-50. Probably, like, maybe half the people out there who crash are, you know, drunk or texting. So I think that's a good point as well. All right, just to clarify, you're saying you used to believe that alcoholism was a disease. Now you do not. No, opposite. Opposite. No, the opposite. Okay. Because Nikki said that you can't call it a disease because it's a choice you make to smoke meth. And Alu is saying, yeah, well, most diseases are caused by people's choices. And it's an interesting thought. I I don't think that, that. um, you know, so a couple of years ago, I quit drinking almost entirely. Currently, I'll have a toast of champagne with, uh, you know, some friends who want to. Maybe they're really commenting on a beer or a glass of wine and I'll taste it. Um, You know, but I consume very, very little alcohol. And I used to drink alcohol at least weekly. And uh, I, 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 I don't think it's a disease. I don't think you I don't I don't think that the AA and their whole um, addiction thing is even correct. I think it's a theory and that there are new theories. And I would say that, uh, you know, I, I participated. I read a book that uh, was on what they call liminal thinking. And the book is entitled This Naked Mind. And, um, you know, they said that they could that I could choose to drink as much as I wanted to drink. And by two weeks, uh, three, a month after I'd read the book, that was a true statement uh, that I had to do very little work and that, um, you know, that I don't think you have to be controlled by this stuff. I don't think you have to be controlled by sugar, uh, alcohol or uh, tobacco or anything else. I think it's not a disease. There's two things. Um, The first one is, are mental health problems diseases or are they not diseases? The second one is. Uh, Yeah, you can not be controlled by sugar, but if you did eat sugar and you didn't know that there were these health problems, you know, connected and then you got the disease, it doesn't really matter because now you have the disease. You have diabetes. 
doesn't make it not a disease just because it was your choice. Um, I think that uh, alcohol uh, specifically isn't terribly addictive and hmm. that it's most, mostly societal programming. Yeah. Now, I do yeah, think that addiction... Part, I think, I'll have to disagree with Mark, though. I think in general, from what I've spoken to other um, mental health professionals about, it's pretty much a, a large factor in determining whether you get addicted is your uh, genetic hereditary predisposition to be addicted. Some do, some don't. Some get addicted to alcohol the first touch. Some never get addicted. Some get addicted to other stuff. Some don't. Depends on a person's actual uh, biology, I believe. That's one of the biggest factors. So some people are addicted, some are not. And, and that's and I've heard that uh, my whole life. Uh, that's AA's line is this, that you have an allergy to alcohol. And um, I just don't believe it. I, I just, you know, my experience within this is, is that, um, you know, science is right until that moment that it changes and then it, it it's right again. Right. <laughs> and that that's just the foregone conclusion. If Rich Paul, um, the, the nobody was here, he'd be arguing on your side. He is uh, firmly of the opinion that alcohol is an allergy. It's an addiction that uh, the, the, the drinker has no control. And what I say is that is entirely disempowering and not very libertarian by my standard. Well, I don't, I'm not saying that, I, don't I, I wouldn't put words into his mouth. I don't know if that would necessarily be what uh, what our co-host well, Nobody would say. I'm not arguing change. against him. I'm saying that the belief that uh, you have no power over something is not the sort of self-empowering uh, Oh, I agree with talk. that. I, I agree, but I don't think that changes whether or not it's a disease. A disease doesn't mean something that you can't uh, make lifestyle changes and change. It just means that you're currently dealing with a disease. Well, but the other thing is, let's change the conversation to meth. Meth is a lot more addictive than alcohol. Is it? I don't know. Alcohol seems pretty addictive. It's a pretty uh, pretty heavy drug. Yeah, I think it depends. I don't on, think alcohol is very good. Person, it depends okay. on probably the individual. Right, and that's what we're talking about here is pleasure. Okay, so some people they gain pleasure from smoking meth. Some people they gain it from drinking alcohol until the point where it's no longer pleasurable. And Bonnie, you've said you know you've reached the point where drinking even a little bit is an unpleasant experience for yeah, you. Yeah, so I just stopped, but so I you also were able to stop. never really felt I was addicted. It was completely social societal. Like at the times when I drank the most, it was that that's what me and my friends did for fun. I think it really yeah, think all comes down to factors, and I think it's a spectrum and everyone's different. But I think I think there is evidence for biologically. My understanding is that something like heroin or any opioid, if you take it, it will go into your brain, give you tremendous. I agree with that. Give you a high. Yep. And also I agree that opium and, yeah. and tobacco are addictive. Oh, tobacco is probably the worst. I definitely had an actually very hard I think time. Sugar is. Stopping. Oh, yeah. Sugar is really hard for me. There was a time where I thought I should completely cut out sugar. And so I tried and I absolutely failed. But I don't really believe that you need to completely. Yeah. And caffeine. Cut out. If I go 24 yep. hours without caffeine, I get blasting headaches. Yeah. Because, mm. again, it's a vasoconstrictor. So if you don't have it, now your, your brain vasodilates all the vessels and now they're, they're wider because they need that caffeine to keep them tighter because they're used to it every day. So I take like a I half quit caffeine without day. headaches. And I got to say that it's really, um, yeah, that you know, it's really great. You're the anomaly. Uh, yeah, maybe. A, think, a lot of people get people. Yeah. The other thing is, um, as far as it being a disease, like I am definitely addicted to coffee, but w I would not call that a disease because it doesn't cause me disease. Disease. So it does if you try to stop. <laughs> dis, by the way, the prefix, I looked it up, it means to be apart from. So dis-ease would be to be apart from ease. I'm curious, Mark, when you quit doing coffee, because you still do decaf, uh, did you kind of taper off, uh, meaning like, you know, start to decaffeinate your coffee collection, or did you just go cold turkey uh, on a full-on caffeine habit? 
No, I had a um, allergic reaction to. Well, do you remember the 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 summer of Red Bull at one hundred five nine WYNF when Medlin was the uh, was the PD that program director there? They brought in a hand truck with a pallet full of Red Bull, <laughs> no, and. I don't. Everybody in the everybody tried it. You were kind of the nighttime guy, so you didn't get to participate in all the things that went on during the day. And I think that's a shame. But everybody tried it, and the people are like, you know, raised a glass there in the uh, the break room. Remember the one full of rats? Um, oh, I remember that. <laughs> and they're like, "This is the worst stuff I've ever tasted," mm-hmm. because we approached Red Bull as though it was a soda, because it looks mm-hmm. like a soda. Mm-hmm. Like Bonnie grew up in a world where Red Bull existed. I was confronted by a new bad tasting soda. I remember what it I coming out. Was, I was okay, just good. like in high school, I think. Maybe okay. middle school. And um, that soda made me feel like I had wings. I felt so good after drinking it, but nobody else did. I might have And nobody drank it. And so this pallet, this pile, this this cube of Red Bull just stayed there in Medlin's office. Nobody wanted this stuff, <laughs> but I did. And I was up to three and four a day, three, three and four free bad tasting sodas a day. And there hadn't been and enough like homeschool moms with blogs yet at that time to make it common knowledge that it's pretty bad for you. And so one day it was, I, I can tell you exactly the day just because of what happened. It was December the 13th. So I had gone a whole half a year drinking this stuff. December the 13th, I had a nervous breakdown. And I don't know what else to call it. Um, I just, you know, came unglued. I'm like, I can't leave the house. A paranoiac, uh, uh-huh. you know, shaking wow. the whole shebang. And fortunately, my my uh, vacation was scheduled from the 15th to the 31st. So I think I went through a weekend or something like that. Somebody's probably checking me and saying, it wasn't the 13th, it was the 14th, you big liar. Um, <laughs> and uh, but I, you know, I went through the, the that period of time and I haven't. I really haven't had caffeine to any amount since, or the caffeine that I have had, I've had allergic reactions to. So wait, you I, were a coffee drinker before the Red Bull uh, months, and then yeah, just, sure, Starbucks once or twice a day, and then you just quit Red Bull uh, cold turkey. That's what you're saying. I quit quit everything cold turkey. Okay. I couldn't. I can't. Okay. I can't deal. I can't do stimulants, and I haven't been Got able it. to for twenty years. I also had like a pretty. I wouldn't say it's as bad as yours, but a really bad time when I t- uh, took like a. Starbucks triple shot thing while already having drank a lot of caffeine during the day and not getting a lot of sleep and driving for like, I don't know, 12 hours when I drove from Texas to uh, Maine to go knock on doors for Young Americans for Liberty. But it it was an isolated incident. Alu, you said you're a caffeine uh, drinker. Do you find that it actually wakes you up now or are you just servicing a habit? Um, yes, and no, and it's complicated. I built up a big tolerance to it. Um, so I, I need, I mean, a baseline, like two, three, 400 milligrams a day, sometimes that's closer to a gram. Um, but it does not do that much to get me wired. Mm-hmm. Um, like as far as a lot of energy, to be honest, I think I'm super tired without it and it gets me to like a baseline so I can function, wow. but also it that's makes me feel. sleep badly if I have it like after like noon or one or two. 
I can't sleep at night, so I, I should have it in the morning, but I have it throughout the afternoon because I'm stupid. Um, so that's another <laughs> habit, but I work overnight, so that's that's why I do have it in the afternoon sometimes. Um, but yeah, sometimes it does give me anxiety, like Mark was mentioning. Um, I, I think it, what it probably does, caffeine, is it probably stimulates your adrenal glands to release epinephrine and all the other catecholamines. Um, and if you do it too much, it probably burns out your adrenal glands and your adrenals, um, similar to diabetes, but the pancreas, it probably like uh, run, runs it down and makes it like, uh, kills it because it works it too hard. Um, so there's probably that, but also it, caffeine can cause anxiety, obviously, for obvious reasons. It, like, it's a stimulant. And um, some caffeine, like coffee, is generally probably, in my experience, the best way to take it because it's a bit like smoother. You get some energy. But when I'll take a big um, Red Bull thing, rain, bang, stuff like that, or a caffeine pill of just 100 milligrams, mm. I got wicked anxiety. It made me, you know, mm. restless and, and uh, apprehensive and moving around, jumping and like really anxious. Yeah, that happened to me actually recently. I uh, I have this like something kind of like vertigo where it feels like there's a giant holding me and shaking me up and down, up and down when I go in elevators. And I think it's because I've had like a lot of concussions. Well, at least two concussions. Now it's like I don't even remember. But anyways, um, I took a caffeine pill. That's what I was trying to get to. And it gave me that feeling. And then it gave me a feeling like something's wrong. Something's wrong. Doom is on the way, you know? <laughs> Uh, and I drink ca- coffee every single day and have since I was around 10 years old. Wow. So, like, just the yeah, caffeine so my pill. Yeah, that is that not every caffeine, not all caffeine is equal. Some mm. will give you more anxiety. Like, my, my partner at work, an EMT, had a pill, and it's only 100 milligrams. It's like the average cup of coffee or a bit more. Mm-hmm. And I've taken two or 300 in the can. But that pill, I took it, and I had horrible anxiety. And I'm like, dude, no, I'm never doing that again. Wow. So, like, I guess yeah. the way you get it could be different. Um, like depending on, you know, high, uh, coffee is higher quality or different, different formulation of the caffeine. I know nothing about the chemistry of caffeine, uh, very, very little, but like that's, there's probably different delivery routes, um, or just slower absorption from coffee versus a pill. Alu, anything else you want to share tonight? Wait, before he goes. Huh? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, if he has something else, go ahead. Well, the other thing I wanted to argue about was RFK. I think Nikki and Captain Kickass and, um, Steve Classic don't follow politics that much because they're anarchists and they don't follow Team Red. And what was it? Was, what was it they um, were saying last night? They were saying RFK was invited because he was probably mentioned something positive about Bitcoin, so whatever. But that might be true. But I think the main thing he's talking about there. You're talking about sorry, sorry to interrupt again. You're talking about uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. being invited to Pork the Porcupine Fest? Freedom Festival or the Bitcoin conference. Yeah. Oh no, no. I think they were talking about how he's going to speak at Porkfest, which okay. I generally oppose for a few reasons. Also, like I've mentioned, but to defend him a little bit, um, people say he's not libertarian, and I think you've been shredding him the last few weeks. I think on the bright side, he is maybe the number one guy in the world fighting corona fascism it's him and a few others like dr malone but he might be the number one as far as the, the overall power consistency and, and the, the getting the big message yeah out sure i mean we million. can we can work together with people on the right and the left on the issues on which we agree let's just not call them libertarian if they're not libertarian i right, mean it's, it's like just, that jim yeah, door guy libertarian no. jimmy door or jimmy door i loved him because i heard him at the anti-war rally thing I followed him on Twitter, and I disagree with him on lots of things, and he is not a libertarian, but he is anti-war, and yep. I still yeah, like him. Yeah, he's with us on some good issues. There's no doubt about it. And that's the tendency that I've seen is uh, with certain people in the libertarian movement here to just go ahead and pretend like you know people who would disagree with us on a lot of things are actually libertarians, and as though we're just going to pretend our way into having them agree with us, and it's just... No, we need to make sure we're clear that we're the ones who understand that, you know, the non-aggression principle, we apply it as consistently as possible. We want to help educate these other people on what that means and how to uh, to learn principles. But 
I, I don't think we're going to be able to like fool them into it. You know what and I mean? And the other thing is, people keep saying that RFK is anti-war, anti-the war in Ukraine. You cannot be anti-war and be pro-disarming innocent people. Mm-hmm. He is pro, especially because even more irony is that Ukraine and later confirmed that this was happening. I believe Ukraine's government was literally given out like M16s or whatever AKs to every like citizen like on mm-hmm. the streets. Yeah, they were, and the Democrats were cheering that on. By the way, that was fine well, for them. Yeah, Bonnie, incredible. absolutely somebody can have two opposing views at the same time. Humans are amazing. Yeah, and be yeah, wrong. I mean, being a hypocrite. That, that's the force of Satan. When your inner self is opposing itself, you're not in unity. You don't actually have principles. You don't go, as I think and feel, that's how I act. And I think a libertarian kind of has to do, to do that because it's a moral philosophy. Yeah, as far as RFK, I think the big thing we should focus on now with the few weeks we have left is, is all of us, and including Dennis and all the others, should be putting all of our effort into um, having RFK rescind his stupid gun control rule and also convincing him to stay for the whole time. The reason they never allowed day passes at Porkfest, much to my chagrin and my dad's, is that they wanted us to experience the whole thing for the week and walk around and have the experience. What do you mean? They got day passes? Yeah, they day passes. I was under the impression they never had any day passes. No, they always had day passes. I, I the. Dennis and the others have told me, no, they have not. Maybe they will. changed it. it. That I've never heard of. I, I know but there's people who come up for one a, oh, wait, for no, single we had day. Uh, I'd be shocked if they'd gotten rid of day passes, but if that's what they're Nobody saying. Nobody used a day pass last year, didn't he? I have no idea. I don't know. I mean, you always yeah, pay the most for it. Around and experience the liberty thing. Here, here's way, the, no, if he's here for a week, I think it might affect him. Yeah, the problem so is he's with leaving these, right after he speaks. Of course he is. That's how a lot of these people are. That's that's why you know. Look, uh, it's not my event. They're going to do what they're going to do with having whoever they want to speak for whatever excuses or reasons they want to do it. But man, there's so there's nothing more disappointing than paying somebody. You know, whatever speaker's fee and then, you know, travel costs or I don't know what they're paying RFK. I don't know. I think they said they didn't pay him. Okay, he's probably just doing it because of it's it's if he's running for president, he's probably not getting. paid. Yeah, but there are some people getting paid, but he might be getting but he might be getting a hotel room. You never know how that compensation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe. I mean, if he's not staying, he may may not be. But um, but uh, anyway, my my point here is that, you know, there's certain people and I'm not going to name names. But there's certain people who've come up to the Porcupine Freedom Festival and the Liberty Forum. They've been very featured speakers. They roll up. They give their speech. They shake a few hands, kiss a few babies. Take pictures. And take a few pictures. And then they're gone. And they don't, you know, walk around the park. They don't even stay for a few hours. It's like, boom, they're in, they're out. They obviously have no interest in uh, in this movement. They're just there to... Why not name names? I, I don't feel like it. It's not It's not necessary. Um, but uh, it's it's disappointing. But that's the reality. I mean, they, these are people, a lot of these people attending the Porcupine Freedom Festival are not necessarily our allies. Uh, and I think that's un, that's unfortunate. Well, some of our allies don't attend. <laughs> some of the allies do the same thing, too. Roll up, um, you know, oh, yeah. kiss a few babies and, and leave. And I think that that's a problem with the contract uh, for speaking at Porcupine Freedom Festival, not the issue as to whether or not who should speak and who shouldn't. Um, now, I, I don't have the strongest opinion on this flame war that you and Bonnie are participating in. Um, you're certainly not the sum total of it on Twitter that's going back and forth. But I, I will go down on the record as saying this. It's, it isn't going to turn out well. Um, it what, isn't going to have the best. I still mark. I mean, I still notice when Mark likes opposing comments when I'm in an argument. What isn't, what isn't going to turn out well? <laughs> mm-hmm. Somebody could get hurt. 
um, somebody, uh, you know, it's just t- further tears apart the, uh, the Liberty community. Uh, people, when that happens in New Hampshire, people hold grudges. When they hold grudges, they do stupid things like kick Ian out because he says things on the internet. I will not be blamed for if, if the, I'm not blaming you. Okay. But I, I'm just saying, I, there, I, you're I think not, that, you wouldn't be I the only person. Is, you wouldn't be the, if you did, you wouldn't be the only person making like a veiled threat to me that like oh what if this gets Ian kicked out of the liberty I, I'm not responsible for somebody doing something totally immoral and wrong thank you Alu for the call I'm tonight not saying I, you've said I that. appreciate it uh, Alu's uh, from libertyblock.com over there so check his writing out it does a lot of it there books and stuff I have a lot more to say about this pork fest thing but I know Mark probably wants to talk I don't, about his I don't consider myself in a flame war over this even though I have been attacked all I've done was shared my opinion that's it I've just shared my opinion about having these politicians speak at pork fest Free Talk Live. Phones are open. You can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Ian, Bonnie, and Mark joining you tonight. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash. This hour of Free Talk Live specifically. Dash's digital cash is a cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. Unfortunately, there's some bad news uh, within the last 24 hours about Dash, and this is a first in the long history of Dash. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies out there, circa 2014, and is widely available on exchanges and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash, except for the last 24 hours, uh, where apparently, according to Coindesk.com, Dash's blockchain has halted as they attempted to do a hard fork for an upgrade and something went dreadfully wrong. According to Coindesk, Dash... I haven't heard any of this. Yeah, uh, the Dash Twitter account had posted about this today, and so this is uh, the best story that I could find on it. Uh, blockchain powering the uh, Dash... Cryptocurrency stopped processing transactions and producing new blocks early Monday morning. According to Samuel Westrich, the CTO of Dash Core Group, he tweeted around 5 a.m. UTC, quote, there was a problem during the V19 activation of Dash Core. The chain is stalled and currently not producing blocks. We have everyone investigating the issue. Several hours later, a Dash Core developer named Pasta tweeted, the devs had identified the issues and were working on a fix. Quote, there are two options we're investigating and everyone is focused on promptly resolving the issue, he wrote, adding that the planned release of the latest Dash Core client upgrade might have to be delayed to resolve the issues first. According we to should have read this story like right before the end of the show, two hours after you read the ad. Right before the I'm end of the I'm just kidding. I'm joking. I'm just saying you're reading like ad for Dash at the same time you're reading. Yeah, no, I want to make sure people are informed on what's going on. Uh, according and to that, Bonnie, I think is the integrity that Free Talk Live has around its its advertising. We're going to give our listeners the truth as best we can get it. And I'm not saying you're not saying that, but I'm just, yeah. I, I, you know, it's a real opportunity. Um, Ian, uh, having worked with Ian for many, many years, I know that he isn't going to to shirk his responsibility to his listeners. And that's not to say he's trying to pwn Dash here or anything like that. I know. I think it's great that they figured it out. I just well, thought he would laugh when I said that, and it'd be clearly a joke, <laughs> but he didn't laugh. Yeah, no, it's a pretty serious issue. <laughs> I mean, this is a pretty serious issue. They're, they're dealing with uh, the only time that the Dash blockchain has ever um, had something like this happen. 
According to Pasta, blocks and transactions on the Dash blockchain will not be considered final until an update is deployed. Exceptions will be made for two sorts of transactions specific to Dash, chain-locked and instant-send locked transactions. One Dash Discord member citing a call with developers said the update might be delayed until June 14th. Uh, oh for the last, that doesn't mean it's going to be frozen. For, oh, okay, for that amount of the time. update. Uh, yeah, that, that just means done. that in order to you know get it done right, they may need to take some more time. For the last ten hours, at least as of when this was written, there were no fresh updates from the developers. And uh, following the news, Binance announced their mining pool for Dash will suspend the distribution of mining rewards. A user on the Dash Pay Reddit subpage suggested that the planned update did not go smoothly. Developers launched a hard fork which introduced a new type of Dash node, and those new nodes created a serious problem, so the blockchain split into two chains running in parallel. Now, what is that going to mean for how all this is going to get, uh, how all this is going to shake out? I don't know. I, you know, I don't have the technical know-how to really be able to, to comment on this, but it's definitely something we'll be keeping an eye on. Meantime, you can probably still, I would guess, you can maybe still buy Dash on centralized exchanges uh, that offer Dash, and there are a lot of them that have it. But for right now, if you do have Dash in your Dash wallet, it would probably be best to not spend uh, the Dash in this particular case until this situation gets resolved. You can follow wow. Dash on their social media at, uh, I think they're Dash Pay on Twitter, if I recall correctly, but just go to Dash.org and you can find all the links to all their communications uh, systems. And so once again, that is Dash.org. Uh, hold on, Mark. Big I, thanks, by the way, to the Dash Decentralized Autonomous Organization for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. You can visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. That is Dash.org. Go ahead, Mark. Yeah, I, I think that these kind of things happen in the banking world relatively regularly where banks have you know problems with accounting their sure. software goes down the Websites power goes down. out yeah any any kind of thing happens um you know the crypto world has got us kind of spoiled that we should be able to make these transactions all the time and there's yeah. there's certainly fail safes for say running if if the visa and mastercard network went down next uh, tomorrow you know, you'd still be able to make transactions. They just settle a day later and, you know, no big deal. No one would even notice the difference. And I think that that's kind of what's going on here is, is that if you make a transaction on Dash, it'll likely just sit on the blockchain until you un, until everything gets fixed here in a couple of days and it, it'd be fine. I don't recommend it. Um, I think the best thing to do is, is to figure out another way to, uh, to spend money. But there are people who are choosing to live entirely on Dash, and I wonder what they're doing. Yeah, that's a great point, though, Mark, that uh, certainly there's plenty of times where banks have taken their websites completely offline. They're unavailable for any kind of uh, functional functionality whatsoever. I don't know and anyone. And the fact that Dash has gone down for less than 24 hours at this point uh, is you know remarkable for a decade long, nearly decade long project. Maybe What's you that? guys do, but I don't pers personally know anyone that only uses Dash. No, I, I suspect there's you know there are obviously going to be cult members out there for every crypto. There's people that'll only use Bitcoin Cash. There's people that'll only use Dash. We don't know those people because the people here in New Hampshire, the crypto people, tend to be pretty rational. And it's good and, to diversify. Yeah. Don't have all your eggs in one basket, even yeah. if it's a good basket sure and it's uh wasn't joel valenzuela doing it at one point no he lives completely on crypto but that doesn't mean that he doesn't have other cryptos 
Okay. Correct. But he is You'd a know better than Dash I. Guy. He does get paid with Dash. He does work for Dash, so that's probably the prime source of uh, of value. I've seen him talk about other cryptos, though. He talks about other he ones does. on Twitter. Yeah, he does. Uh, so we'll keep you in the loop as this develops. Right now, what they're asking people to do is if you're running Dash Masternode, and there's like 4,000 and change of those in the world, uh, then they're asking that you upgrade immediately to the newest new version, Dash Core 19.1.0, and they say that if enough of the nodes uh, do that within a short period of time, this should kickstart this thing and, and get it back rolling. So hopefully that will be sooner rather than later. And as I said, we'll keep you in the loop. Meanwhile, just go to dash.org and get connected and start learning about Dash. This is not going to be the end of Dash. It's just a bump in the road and what has been a very, very long, successful road for the the world's, I would say, premier uh, actual currency, cryptocurrency, something that can actually be used to buy and sell things with. Uh, so anyway, let's continue here. We got uh, Ricky in Pennsylvania. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Ricky, from the Commonwealth. Thank you there, Brother Ian. What's on your mind? Brother Mark. Sister Bonnie, good evening. Hello. Hey. Well, you know, this one came up last week, and I know, Ian, you were on the show as Aria. I don't know if Bonnie was or not, but the question came up, why is Governor DeSantis all of a sudden doing all this anti-Semitic stuff? Well, I have an answer. What for do you that. mean? No, I don't think he means anti-Semitic, but like um, the the remember that bill you I asked you the number of today. It, yeah. It's a anti-hate speech bill. It was right. largely um about anti-Semitism. Like if you do this and it, it's for an anti-Semitic reason, then five years in prison. Yeah, he but he passed. A, he actually went to Israel to sign this. Yeah, bill. I don't think that Ricky's calling him anti-Semitic. Are you, Ricky? Well, here's what my theory is. Now check this well, out. Well, hold on. Now, Before you go with the theory, I want to I want to just recap what happened with this bill. This guy DeSantis, who's a thug and a uh, neoconservative police state loving politician, and who kept a, Florida free during he's a COVID. Snake? No, he didn't. He locked Florida down, and then eventually changed his mind and figured it would be politically uh, feasible for him to reverse course. But because uh, he's a snake and a politician, and you can't trust him a word he says, he also supports. Uh, Guantanamo Bay. He spent time there. He allegedly demanded that they uh, force feed some of the inmates who were having a hunger strike and then supposedly was there laughing and smiling while the force feeding was being done. So he's a real sick puppy. Uh, But what he did recently was he passed a bill, signed a bill in Israel at a tolerance center, like the Museum for Tolerance or something like that, where he signed a bill Super woke stuff. If you do something that is quote unquote hate speech in Florida, they will go ahead and crank up whatever your penalty was and throw you in prison for five years on a felony count. So an example they gave, for instance, was if you were to do flyering by leaving a flyer on somebody's car or something, that that would would normally just be a littering charge in Florida, but it'll now be a five-year hate speech crime uh, with, uh, you know, felony sentence. So anyway, that's, uh, is that what you were calling about, Ricky, that particular law? No, but I'm going to add to that. Now, also, after that happened in the Israel trip, now, one of the things he did, just like he did with uh, things concerning critical race theory, is he, and I have a reason for saying this, that books were banned in libraries and things like that with things referring to the Holocaust and stuff like that. Now, why would he do this? I have an answer. This is going to be a big part of his campaign coming up for 2024. 
It's called Christian nationalism. Now, let me tell you about what that was. If you go back to where the poster boy of Christian nationalism was, was it was it against FDR, and he ran for president. And at the time, anti-Semitism was a big part of it. But like he said, because of the emerging civil rights movement, it became black. Now, Christian nationalism has been around in the Republican Party ever since to an extent. And people like Marjorie Taylor Greene have called herself that. We had here in Pennsylvania Doug Mastriano, who ran against Shapiro for governor, a Jew, I might add. And in his case, even his uh, paid-for spokesperson even said, well, it's not like we're going to deport uh, Jewish people. They just need to follow Christian values. Now, the problem is that's where his angle is going. But how do you that's know that? I mean, why would that be his angle if he made a special trip to Israel to sign a bill that would tra- uh, target people for hate, quote-unquote, hate speech? I mean, that doesn't sound like somebody who's— you got to look at the situation in Israel. That situation with their government and us in general, and you got the Palestinians, has never been kosher. It's never been kosher. It's never been legit. You got uh, Netanyahu back in there. He's the worst of the worst, you know, and when it comes to his own people, you know, and it's a ruse. This is where it's going to go. And why? Because if you talk to the mega people, they are big on the Christian stuff. And you have nationalism. Other Republicans have been yeah, he's not pandering to the MAGA, is he? Isn't he, isn't he going oh, up he against sure Donald Trump? <laughs> I thought he, he was sure going up against is. Donald Trump. I thought he is no, positioning no, himself he, as the anti-Trump. Trump, but he wants those people. Okay. See, I, think okay. That, I think Ricky's right. I think DeSantis is kind of taking the, um, he's, he's kind of like, he's like Donald Trump, only smart. <laughs> Bam! <laughs> you know, like, uh, like he understands, uh, you know, he understands the law. He's been, um, he's a lawyer. You know, he's, He's yeah, he's been a chief executive for some time and he's kind of saying, what you know, he chief executive? governor, governor. Of oh, Florida. I thought you meant of an actual pro- uh, productive thing. No, well, I'm no, I no, don't. It was no, like okay. in the Navy, I think. In the yeah, Navy I don't think he's to... ever been anything but a bureaucrat. Yeah. yeah well, I, I think mean, that Christian that's, nationalism uh, is really evil, Ian. I mean, oh, it, I'm sure it is. Like, it's, it's the worst. I mean, any but, form know, of nationalism is. Uh, I don't know if you bad. can just say it's evil, but the things that people have oh, been convinced evil, to do right. in the name of it have been evil. Like my parents, 100 uh, percent voted for Trump because, well, first of all, people on God TV were saying like, God came to me in a dream and told me we have to vote for Trump. <laughs> and then another thing yeah, is because he uh, kept saying, like, I will be the most pro-Israel candidate. And uh, he did lots of stuff like that where he mm-hmm. said he was going to do X, Y, and Z for Israel. I don't really remember what now, but yeah, Trump was doing the same thing. And that's how people get elected because well, Christians want Christians want to support Israel because there's like verses in the Bible that some people will interpret as like, if you're not doing, uh, if you're not supporting Israel, you're cursed. Yes, but Christian nationalists are against Jews. And they only comprise three point something percent of the population in this country. And the fact is, look into that guy that ran against FDR. And then you'll see throughout, including Marjorie Taylor Greene has called herself. Then look Who's the guy who ran FDR. against FDR? Yeah, I'm just confused. I thought that Christian nationalism was somebody who's like a nationalist, like a patriot for their own country. And they believe their country is the best and they're a Christian because my parents would be that, but they're not well, anti-Jews. Yeah, Bonnie, Bonnie, you do, uh, no offense, Bonnie, but you don't know what you're referring to. That's These what I just said. Christian nationalists have nothing to do with other Christians. 
They don't like Jews. And with this guy advocating, now it became blacks also. Well, then they need okay. a new name Jews because a nationalist has a definition and a Christian has a definition. And it's dumb to just. According to. This is the Martin Bailey argument, Bonnie. You're absolutely right that, that that's uh, that's the intention, right? It's like saying the feminists are just out trying to find equal rights for women. Hmm. Um, but the Christian nationalism at its super duper core, the absolute kooks there are not Christian. And they, um, you know, they're, they're these sort of hyper conservative neocon types. They're they're well, basically they're everything a libertarian's not. Well, I just want to take it back about my parents. That's all. I just was like saying and. It wasn't contrary no, I mean, to what Ricky was saying. That I would I'd... say it too. Like okay. I, I'm, you know, I'm culturally Christian. Hang on a second, Ricky. I, I think it's yeah. important to get some kind of understanding of what this actually is. Oh, uh, it's scary stuff, Ian. Well, I mean, nationalism in general is a is a pretty. Yeah, uh, Christianized nationalism as a specific group is really, really scary. Yeah, you know, there's not much on uh, Wikipedia about it. According to ambs.edu, this is the Anabaptist Mennonite Biblical Seminary. Their definition is a worldview where one's theological imagination is co-opted by state power. It exchanges the church's <laughs> loyalty to the Lord of Peace for a false god fashioned by the myth of American exceptionalism. In fact, Christian nationalism is a form of political idolatry that distorts our knowledge of God and neighbor through a xenophobic, radicalized, and militarized gospel that is at odds with the life and teachings of Jesus. So that's their now, definition. Now, if you, if you look into Doug Mastriano, who ran for governor against Shapiro, who won, our former attorney general, he was... A Christian nationalist. He came out of the Senate. He's a scary dude. And in in all the stuff that I'm saying, that's what he was. You know, just like this guy that ran against FDR. You know, you know what I mean? No, and, I don't. Uh, I don't know who that is. Well, you, you, you I wish you out. haven't said his name. I can't remember his name, but if you look is up it Smedley Butler? No, if you look up Christian nationalist. And you look that he ran up against FDR, you'll find that. But Doug Mastriano is easier to find. All right. And he was very public. Well, thank you, you Ricky, know? for the call tonight. I don't know. I mean, has this uh, DeSantis character ever claimed to be a Christian nationalist? Is that something that Christian nationalists do? Is Do they say publicly that they're Christian nationalists? Or is that just something that is quietly said, you know, about them? Or I mean, uh, yeah, there's so many things that I truly believe are just internet things that got made up and no one really believes themselves to be that except maybe people who heard about it on the internet they're like hey this sounds cool i think there are probably organic christians who want to live in a christian nation and would probably prefer to live around all christians and are that would be my parents but they're also not racists or whatever else yeah i don't know stuff. if they're wanting to exterminate the other yeah. people that uh that necessarily disagree with them well, I would say that, um, you know, like when you're starting to look at Christian nationalism, I'd look at people like Christopher Cantwell. Um, when you're looking at the sort of the core of this, what would he say if asked, are you a Christian nationalist? I think he would say he is not a Christian, but he is a uh, white nationalist. Christ, uh, Christopher Cantwell. Oh, But he might very well say he's a cultural Christian. This I is thought he's a Christian now because he was reading the Bible in prison, but I don't know. Hmm. I don't talk to him. This he doesn't is some even of the believe term- my marriage. 
<laughs> this is some of the terminology that is uh, this batted around is, is this cultural Christianity thing. Hey, look, you know, I like what America is in the world. So, and since it's a Judeo-Christian uh, country, then I have to like Christianity. Like it's it's this weird sort of roundabout thinking. But ultimately, it's just fascism. On a Mark, recent- I, I don't know if... Uh- uh, anyone told you this, but yeah, Chris Cantwell is. A, he said that I was only purported to be married to Ian, so he is insulting your ceremony. I, I I'm very curious as to why. I don't know. It was like a weird, random jab. He he said a woman calling herself Bonnie Freeman, who claims to be married to a or who purports to be married to a friend of mine. Well. What is it? I mean, you could not. That could not be true, right? Like, you could not be married to Ian um, if Campbell yeah, but he's doesn't talked know. To Ian and Ian has been like, "Yeah, I'm with my wife taking a walk," so he does know. All right. Well, anyway, uh, according to the New Yorker, NewYorker.com, in an article written in April of this year about Christian nationalism, the article is titled "How Christian Is Christian Nationalism?" Uh, doesn't sound to- very love your neighbors. According to Justin Gentry, who is a host of a podcast about leaving Christian ministry, the podcast is entitled Recovery, or sorry, Revcovery, with the first three letters, capital R-E-V, Revcovery. Uh, He suggested the belief system was somewhat obscure even to its own adherents. Quote, I think that spitballing 70% of Christian nationalists don't know they're Christian nationalists. They're just like, this is normal Christianity from the time of Jesus. So, yeah, that's kind of what I was wondering was, you know, how many of these people would go ahead and label themselves a Christian nationalist? And you know, Well, I can is... tell you Jesus wouldn't have called himself a Christian. Well, <laughs> yeah. Wasn't it not made up by then? Like no, the it term? wouldn't have been, right? It was named after him. Yeah, like right? years after he was born, too. He would have called dead. himself a Jew. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like, Jesus was most assuredly a Jew. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, as far as I'm concerned, any religion that claims to to be, you know, Christ-like would, at the very least, consider Jews to be, you know, neutral, let alone, uh, you know, equal before God, if not place them higher. Now, I was taught as I was growing up um, in the Christian church that Jews are God's chosen people. I don't believe that. Um, I believe that Jews are no different before God than anyone else. Sure. Um, and that their sins are just as sinful as anyone else's and their virtues are just as virtuous as anyone else's. But, um, you know, to me, I, I, I don't understand the sort of uh, Christianity that says, you people killed Jesus. Uh, I mean, holding somebody, the only people that killed Jesus were the people that killed Jesus. <laughs> right. <laughs> and anybody They're who was. Now. Right. Anybody who's alive today definitely didn't kill Jesus. <laughs> like you can't find one person alive today that killed Jesus. And if you're saying that that's the case, that, like you're, you, you're. I mean, I suppose you could say anybody who has killed anyone has uh, killed Jesus because the biblical verse that says that uh, you know these are uh, you know what you do to the least of us is uh, what you do to me, and so therefore what you do to your neighbor is what you do to Jesus. I and suppose anything I can go your for ancestors that. did should be held against you, like if your ancestors owned slaves or did something to Ireland back when Ireland and Scotland were fighting or something like that. You're saying well, let's hold the English responsible for everything. I'm not saying they should. I'm saying if (laughs) Jews should be held responsible for the killing of Jesus, which they shouldn't, 
And I'm obviously saying that that's why, or just an example of how stupid that would be. So there is apparently no canonical manifesto of Christian nationalism and no single definition of it. In search of rigor, a pair of sociologists uh, examined data from various surveys and tracked the replies to six propositions. And they are, the federal government should declare the United States a Christian nation. The federal government should advocate Christian values. The federal government should enforce strict separation of church and state. The federal government should allow the display of religious symbols in public spaces. Separation? Wouldn't they not want separation? This is if just they what they want found. a Christian nation, wouldn't they want the government to be not separate from Christianity? It think. doesn't make any sense. I, I just think that it's hilarious that the FBI and the CIA go on Reddit, make these stupid ideologies up, and then people go, that's my whole personality now. It's literally just made up by the stupid <laughs> FBI. Well, yeah, you're right, Bonnie. It does contradict what it said in the previous point, which was the federal government should advocate Christian values. And then yeah, the next thing is they said they want a separation of church and state. What? The federal government should sense. allow the display of religious symbols in public spaces. The success of the United States is part of God's plan. And the federal government should allow prayer in public schools. Responded to. Wait answer- a second. God's plan. Who... Can who among us can possibly claim to know what God's plan is? What kind of kook claims to know what God thinks? That that oh okay okay hold on. So if I'd been able to read the next sentence, it would have made more sense here, Bonnie. Uh, Respondents who answered more often in the affirmative, or in the case of the third proposition, in the negative. So these were the statements that were presented to people. Were judged to be more supportive of Christian nationalism. And the scholars conducted the interviews with 50 subjects. So the statement about the government should have forced church and uh, state separation was in the negative. Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. We are kicking off the third hour of the program. Phones are open and you can join the show here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Here in the studio tonight, it's Ian. And it's Bonnie. And Mark. And we have Mark from a remote location. His video is kind of in sync sometimes and it's out of sync sometimes. But for you on the radio, you have no idea about any of that. The audio is sounding fine, Mark. And I don't know if that's a problem on our end or your end or Jitsi's problem, but either way, it's good to have you here. Uh, we... Thank you. I probably should find, um, I probably should get like plugged in directly to a fiber line. Yeah. Yeah. If you got that, if you got that option, uh, if, you, if you're ever calling into any kind of, you know, this is a tip for anybody out there, if you're ever doing any kind of a video uh, conference or a video appearance, uh, something, an interview or you know, even if it's for your job or whatever, always best to do it on a hard wired to a router instead of over Wi-Fi. If you're on a Wi-Fi connection, uh, then it's just not going to be as reliable. Even if you're sitting in the same room as the Wi-Fi router, uh, just having that hard wire to the router is always going to do a, uh, a better job. You're going to look better. It's going to be smoother. You're not going to have as many uh, digital artifacts as they call them. Well, let's go to the phone. So I know, Mark, you wanted to talk about Israel and Cuba coming up here. Uh, we never got to whatever point you were going to make about that. So let's not forget, I did make a note. Uh, let's talk, though, first to Major Payne in Michigan. Go ahead, Major. 
Yeah, I want to jump onto a little bit of Ricky stuff about Israel too. But I, when you guys were talking about taxes earlier, I'm surprised nobody ever brought up the sin tax or the federal highway gas tax. That's how they really bang the poor people. Yeah, Mark, are you going to say that sin taxes are also uh, voluntary what exactly is a sin tax? and gas taxes are voluntary as well? What sin tax? Well, yeah, gas taxes are actually voluntary, um, and let me get into that. So in most towns, uh, I know Keene, New Hampshire, for instance, there's a gas station uh, out in Swansea that sells agricultural fuel, and this is fuel that is untaxed by the Department That's of Transportation. Off-road. That's off-road. Yeah, I, I know what, uh, if you use somebody's road, shouldn't you pay for it? Well... Okay, granted. All right. Um, and well, there's so other the, ways to pay for a road than through the system that the government has created, and it oh, is not so you don't voluntary. like the way they decided uh, to uh, pay for the road. But yeah, their system that sucks, is paying for and the road. it was forced upon us. So again, this is not voluntary. Even though you could say you're not forced to drive, and I get that point. The people who want to go into the business of selling people gasoline are the ones who are being coerced. They're the ones who are being told, you have to collect this tax and you have to pay it to us or we're going to hurt you. And that is not You can choose not to pay that fee and you can take the risk of driving on the road. You cannot choose to do that if you want to sell gasoline to people. You're going to have men with guns come into your establishment and they're going to raid your establishment and you're going to be put in handcuffs. Bonnie, to answer your question earlier... Uh, if sin taxes would be taxes on alcohol, taxes on uh, gambling, taxes on weed, cigarettes, cigarettes, yeah. And though that you could you could argue could I, again is voluntary from the same argument, but also not on the people who want to sell those items to people. It is not voluntary for them. They are the ones being coerced into paying those taxes. So let me ask well, you, Ian. Um, and One this is an important question. We're talking about voluntary uh, situations. If for whatever reason, um, you know, some private place came up, I don't want to keep using Prosper as an example because you, I don't know what, you can't buy cigarettes in Prosper. They don't currently sell them, but I'm sure they wouldn't stop you from buying cigarettes in Prosper. Um, Prosper is a Zeddy in Honduras, but there certainly is this Catholic city that was trying to make condom purchases limited down in uh, South Florida at one point. Yeah, that's right. And if somebody set up a private government that everybody who moved in agreed to it and they said look one of the ways that we're going to fund ourselves is we're going to tax liquor we're going to tax uh tobacco we're going to tax gambling we're going to tax marijuana sales um we're going to tax these things well that's a private agreement exactly as we discussed before right as we discussed before with a deed restricted neighborhood or in this case a private uh community that everybody is choosing to join acceptable you Great. know when you're joining that, you're presented with the rules, you're presented with the restrictions. You're but present- not a place that people who are long dead, who stole land from Indians, decided on these rules. And then people who have come after them have been the ones that had the most power in the community and were like, oh, I'm going to get on this scheme. That's not right. And that's not the same thing as somebody who has started their own private government and everybody on the land agreed to it it's just not the same thing right if i want to go to a strip mall and buy and rent a a location in that strip mall for three thousand bucks a month or whatever it is 
uh, the owner of that strip mall is not going to tell me anything about what this stupid government's rules are. He's just going to say, you know, he may ask what I'm going to be selling there. He, just out of his curiosity, maybe he's got some sort of uh, arrangement where he won't allow two restaurants right next door to one another. There may be like an exclusivity thing with his property. So there may be some questions he has, but he's not going to say, oh, you have to go and do X, Y, and Z in order to uh, to rent here. Maybe some of them would, would do that. But In some uh, states, you have to, if you're going to rent uh, privately, you have to have a rider to your rental agreement that says that a person won't do drugs in the house and a variety of things. Uh, for instance, when I was uh, property managing, I did have to uh, include this in the contract with some people. Now, I literally, uh, you know, included this writer, had the people sign this writer, and then went out and smoked pot with them on the porch. <laughs> yeah. But we signed it. So this writer on this uh, this this rental that this imaginary rental you're talking about could say, and you must follow all the laws that are uh, you know pertinent inside this uh, municipality and geographic area. And yeah, uh, there, blah, blah, there's blah, blah. probably some uh, some boilerplate that's uh, that's like that out there. There's but a lot but of again, it. you know, the idea that you could somehow expect mm-hmm. someone to know what all the laws are is absolutely ludicrous, and we all understand that it's impossible to read all the laws. So the it's hard to that, even look them up. That's just, yeah, and I'm not claiming that this is, I'm not claiming the system is efficient. I'm not claiming it's good. I'm just claiming that you opt into no. a bad and inefficient system no, you don't. by choosing to continue to live there. I don't want to go live in a third world country because that isn't an argument against what I'm saying or for it. No, I, I'm sorry, Mark. It's you cannot relevant. tell people who are born in a place. They had no control. Oh, now we've got the. So you have some kind of right. Look at look at the supernationalist here. Is like I'm an American. I was born here. It's my birthright. Major, do you want to add more? That you're born. If you were born in a rental property, if your parents rented a property and your mom decided she wanted to have uh, that the baby in that rental property, it does not make it yours. And it doesn't mean you get to say anything about that rental agreement. It's you... not about being born in a country. It's about being born on this planet. You can't be born on a different planet. And the thing about your rental pro- problem problem that you just brought up is that that would be that person stepping on the owner's toes. That would be that person stepping on the owner's rights. And there's no owner of this land that I live on other than uh, the Shire Free Church and People How'd who that are happen? claiming to ha- have the correct ownership, but the, it's made of lies because the the ownership the of, of the Shire Free Church has on the studio property is only based on a system where um, that that's perpetuated by the same violence that you're upset about. Every piece of property is violence no it's the not. reason that it belongs to the shire free church is because somebody is willing to shoot someone else center of mass overtaking it you don't even know that anyone ever lived here the it, native americans didn't live in every, every oh, single spot on the country you don't know that anybody lived in Keene, new hampshire but it's illegitimate it is illegitimate no, ah, the city of Keene ah, is illegitimate. That's what I'm saying. The city of Keene is a political corporation. designation, is a so-called free corporation. Is is a corporation. Of it is a group people of people. people. No, sir, it is not a corporation. Oh. The Shire Free Church is a church. It is a group of people who've come together to worship 
uh, together. Who are alive now. All group is. The Shire Free Church, the people who are part of the Shire Free Church, some of them have corporations, and those corporations exist to assist the church in its mission, which includes having to do things like own property. So the church... Uh, is not the owner of the property. This yoga, the this mental, these mental gymnastics, these the genuflications that you guys are going through is solved by simply saying, oh yeah, it turns out I was tricked and I believed something that wasn't so. And I changed my mind on this. Keen New Hampshire owns Keen New Hampshire and it can freaking have it. What is Keen New Hampshire? Keen New Hampshire is a Why group of I people say that when I don't believe that will force said. you to do what they say inside their jurisdiction. That is the city of Keen, quote unquote, the city of Keen. These are the people you're referring to. Keen New Hampshire is a map designation. The quote unquote city of Keen is a own. group of people that will use violence against you. And you're saying that that's legitimate, Mark. And that's the sad part about this whole discussion. When I owned a property okay? in New Hampshire... If somebody came on there and decided to violate my rules, which weren't all written, mind you, and I would have used violence, as you call it, to get them to stop. Yes, that would be the legitimate use of violence. That's because Keene, New Hampshire owns your property. property. Who is Keene, New Hampshire? Keene, New Hampshire is a group of people that will shoot you over the rules that they wrote down. Over a period of time, over 200 years, they've owned that property for a long time. Even those people are not actually, that's actually not even correct. Those people are not actually the city of Keene. And they will tell you that. I asked the judge in my trial, um, who are you representing? And he said, no one. I'm not representing myself or anyone. So they're prosecuting me for a parking ticket. The victim is the city of Keene. And they can't point to me who that person is. Well, the judge can't be the victim. That wouldn't be a very fair thing. Now, I'm it not wouldn't, claiming... But he is. He, cla- he claims to be while claiming that he doesn't claim to be. The state is the so-called victim, uh, which includes the judge who claims he's not part of the, the state. He gets paid, paid by, by the them. Right, which he didn't admit to. I'm uh, not defending their system. Well, that's I'm the thing. You are. You they Mark, own it. You, you are know. absolutely defending their system whenever you say they rightfully, like... In well, that's reality, the question. Right there it is. It. The question. You said rightfully, and I have never said rightfully. Because I don't know. Well, then why do you give them the yeah, credit of owning it? Yeah, why do you keep it? saying they own it? Because you won't have a damn conversation about it. You will not let one point slide by We did a whole after show track. about it. We did a whole entire after show about All this. All right, here we go. Uh, pretend. Let me uh, ask I want to give question. Major Payne the chance to weigh in here. He's still on the line Let listening to all this. Major, All go right. ahead. Good Lord, guys. Um, as far as Bonnie saying Keene, New Hampshire is illegitimate, let's say I was born and I didn't know my mother or my father, I would be illegitimate. Yet I still exist. It's a different type no, of... No, I still exist. It keeps... Right? Major pain. That's a different definition. Whenever people say illegitimate child because it the parents weren't married, doesn't mean you don't exist. That doesn't mean you... Suddenly, like, not legal, legitimate, and legal are the uh, synonymous terms. They're related. You still exist yeah. in point of fact on reality. Paper, no, on on paper, you don't exist. 
Okay, that's fine. On, on paper, paper, you on don't paper, exist, but in point paper. of fact, reality, you exist. But in this case, it's actually the opposite. On paper, they quote unquote exist because paper is just a bunch of words people can write down and say whatever they want. I can say I'm a fairy godmother on a piece of paper, and it doesn't make it true in point of fact reality. Mm. Well, that's true enough. Thank All you, right, Major, for the back. call tonight, man. I appreciate it. Uh, let's go to this caller. Caller, is this uh, Peekles Mountaineer? It is. Welcome, sir. And Hello. I just wanted to call in to wish everyone a happy Bitcoin pizza day. Oh, thank oh, you very man. much. Oh, that's yeah. today? Yeah, it's today. I the haven't 20- had any. The 22nd. Uh, we had we pizza like two days ago, yeah. We, we did go to Little Zoe's uh, Pizza here in Keene on Thursday for our Bitcoin meetup, but yeah, we didn't discuss the fact that... I think that... you ate pizza on Bitcoin Pizza Day, Ian, because it was like past midnight when you ate pizza last night. That's true. I did finish off the uh, the Little Zoe's Pizza, but uh, <laughs> unfortunately, as uh, due to my bail conditions, I'm not allowed to spend cryptocurrency, so I have not actually participated in Bitcoin Pizza Day in a meaningful sense but in the last But did you buy it years. in Goldbacks? I did buy with Goldbacks. Nice. Yeah, I did pay with Goldbacks. Uh, we but had Bitcoin to... Pizza Day at Neptune's on Coral Beach in Honduras. Uh, yes. uh, let's say, Apiclus, can you define what uh, Bitcoin Pizza Day is for listeners that don't know? Well, Bitcoin Pizza Day is a uh, recognition of the very first official purchase that was done with Bitcoin, which was a purchase of two pizzas for 10,000 bitcoins. Wow. Can you tell uh, Mark why the city of Keene is illegitimate? Oh, yeah. So um, uh, you you really did finally hit on uh, on the issue. So there's the difference between uh, de facto and de juris is the legal term for it. But like, do you can you can you keep someone from using it is like the de facto. Like if I steal your car, I own your car, in fact, but Mm. I don't have a right to it. Right. So there's a big difference between like can you can you use force to stop someone else from using a thing? Well, that's that's owning it in fact. Whether whereas if I mixed my labor with nature, or someone else did and then they gave it to me, or someone else did and then they traded it to me, those are things that I own by right. Sounds about right to me. They can say that they own the land, and they can say that they'll kill me if I don't pay property taxes. That doesn't make it. Right, that doesn't make it the same exact thing as a human being who actually owns some land because they put their um, blood, sweat, and tears into it, and then they rent it out to people. Those are just two completely what? separate things. I don't think they are, though. Um, like the, the the ownership that you're talking about that occurs in Keene, New Hampshire. We're using Keene, um, you know, right now. The ownership that occurs in Keene, New Hampshire, is all built upon the claim that Keene, New Hampshire, has to the land that it has drawn on some polygon on some map. Now, um, you know, they were incorporated in 1770 or 1750 or something like that. And so they've gone through a few federated governments. They were, they, they were a, a city before the United States left uh, England. Um, but, you know, they've continued on and they've demanded money from people who live there and for, you know, services and blah, blah, blah. Um, but ultimately, they, uh, you know, the land that they have was probably owned by the Abenaki in- Indians at some point. Right. And 
you know, those Abenaki Indians, and I, look, I haven't studied it, well, actually, but they were... Hold on, hold on. Let me, let me stop you right there. So uh, one of the fundamental flaws in logic is that people believe that unaltered land can be owned. You can't actually own nature. That's the one thing you can't own. Once you mix your labor with it, then you own the resulting product. Okay, um, and you know it's beginning to sound Georgist here. How much labor are we talking about? Um, if I just mix the kind of labor that draws a polygon around it, do I own it? Well, you own where you drew, but you don't own okay. the uh, bit in the middle. <laughs> okay. Well, I would have um, to agree with that. So Living like, in Utah, if you set up a fence, if you set up a fence, you own the fence, but you don't own the stuff on either side of the fence. Well, I'll tell you this. I'm not willing to shoot anybody over land generally. So um, fortunately, I haven't uh, had to run across this particular thing. But I, I think the point that I want to make is that the Abenaki Indians, as evidenced by what was going on in Oklahoma right now, would have had a government right now. And that government would not be hailed by Ian Freeman as legitimate. So I don't think that you can make these voluntarist types happy. Like there's always going to be somebody who's like, no, Israel was taken from the Jews in zero BC by the Romans or something. And none of this stuff. What's that? Yeah, but you can't prove any of that. I, well, I, but there are people who can right now prove their ownership over land um, from 1963 in Cuba. There are people who can probably somebody who can prove ownership of land uh, prior to 1900 in Israel. Um, again, and again, you can't actually own land. Now, if you plant crops, you own the crops. If your house is sitting there, you can claim to own that. Hmm? Your house. Sorry, what? If your house is yeah, sitting you there, you can claim to own that. Uh-huh. Well, yep, all I'm saying is, is at some point, you got to give up. At some point, you just have to say whoever it is that's claiming to own this owns it. Well, maybe if you have a weak constitution. <laughs> what do you mean, a yeah, weak constitution? Yeah, I mean, so, so here's the thing. The reason we clarify these things is so we know which direction we're trying to go. I mean, yeah, we're not there yet. There's no, there is no place on earth that I'm aware of that operates according to reasonable property rights. But by knowing what they are, we at least know which direction we're headed so that when we do get some amount of influence over some amount of space and time, we can say, okay, well, these are the rules that we're, that we're operating according to. I, I just, I, I got to say, when I lived in Utah, I would go out into the middle of the desert where there was absolutely not another human being except for like whoever was with me. Didn't usually do this alone. In miles and miles and miles and miles away from me on every direction you could possibly go as far as I knew. And I would think to myself, like, I don't believe that this belongs to the government uh, at all, but I also just can't agree that, oh, if the government disappeared today, that people could just be like, oh, I have a hundred thousand dollars. I'm going to draw a line around this and this is all mine. I, I just like that doesn't feel right to me. It doesn't make sense. I think I have to agree with Peakless Mountaineer that you have to actually have something sitting on the land. 
for that spot to be yours. Like, you have to right. actually be doing something with it. The The idea of yeah. some corporation just being like, I circled 100 square miles of Utah and it's mine now, and you can't go there unless I say you can, that makes me so mad. Just as and, mad as the government doing to, it. And just to, to flesh that out a little bit, you also can't, like, steal a bunch of other people's money, lay down a road, and say, now I own this. Because that also, I mean, you can you can own it de facto, but you don't have a right to what you've stolen. Um, look, many of these roads, especially in New England, so we're talking about Keene, New Hampshire, were there because of deer trails. Like the deers would go down a trail. The Indians went down the trail to follow the deer. The uh, settlers went down the trails to follow the Indians. The settlers brought carts. The carts were followed by, um, you know, cars. The cars, then uh, the road was paved and, and these kind of things. That's I mean, right. Manchester sucks. <laughs> uh, Peakless, if you have it's more like to say, you can hang on. Mess. Up hmm. to you. Uh, so put you on hold and you can decide. Uh, the number is 603-283-6160. He's making an interesting distinction here that de facto... The fact that there are people who will hurt you uh, over land is not the same thing as them legitimately owning the land by right, by agreement. There's more coming up. It's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. Phones are open here. we got time for you. If you dial in now, we will get you hopefully on the air. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Mark is going to be going to a conference coming up later this year, October 14th and 15th. I believe it is the third annual Liberty in Our Lifetime conference. The website is... Fourth. Fourth? Okay. LibertyInOurLifetime.org is where you can go to find out more about the event. It's going to be featuring the Free Cities people. They're going to have representatives from projects that will be purportedly upholding individual rights and freedoms in self-governing territories in the U.S., Honduras, Germany, and Norway. They're going to be joining to share progress uh, and explain why you should consider moving to or doing business in a free city. Mark spoke at last year's conference, and he'll be speaking again this time around, October 14th and 15th. You can save 10% on your tickets by using code FTL, like Free Talk Live, when you visit libertyinourlifetime.org. Again, it's in Prague, October 14th and 15th. Join Mark, libertyinourlifetime.org. We bring uh, Peakless Mountaineer back on the line with us. And we're talking about this conversation that has happened probably too many times at this point, uh, where Mark, who had formerly been against things like governments, uh, seems to be embracing them by saying Hold it's on. totally fine for them to point a gun at you nope. and say, oh, no, that's not what you're saying. Look, you can choose to drive a dump truck to work every day and be completely inefficient and use three uh, three gallons per mile if that's what you want to do but it's inefficient and it's a bad idea i think there's better and worse ways to govern but i think that this whole taxation is theft and governments are illegitimate line of thinking is largely unproductive that okay, it's so you are it saying does- they're legitimate though is what you're saying. Legitimate, yes. They create the laws, so there's uh, something called legitimacy. And I would go so far as to agree with Peakless. Well, I mean, I, I would use I the don't think he's agreeing with you here. 
um, w- to say that they are de I'm facto. I'm not agreeing with you. So, they're de so facto legitimate, difference. too. I don't here's think he said de facto legitimate. If there is a monopoly on your law system, then it can't be legitimate. You don't like monopolies, me either. Right, and that's all this is. It's just a monopoly on. Where in the law does it say that we should be able to um, have competition in law? Where in the law does it say that we should have competition in law? You said legitimate. You said legitimate, and legitimate usually talks about laws. I don't know how to define these terms. It's to law or rules. I just googled it to make sure. It is. It means to law or rules. It doesn't just mean l- legal land laws. You talking about the word legitimate? Yep. Okay. Yep. Once again, to you justify. Know, this, just as our discussion earlier with Alu was all about definitions here, this is in regards to definitions. I, I get where you're coming from, Mark. It is you know commonly defined, you know, legitimate as regarding to law or lawful. Uh, but I think a lot of people use I like it. The, I- and okay, like you want to know, you want to know where in the law it says that you can do that in the Declaration of Independence. It's a rhetorical document. I love it. Um, I mean, it's not it. It doesn't have any legal basis in the United States, but it's kind of what the United States was based on. Um, I don't know that it says. It, okay, it sort fine. of says it, the right then the to, leave. to choose which legal system is hyper legitimate. It is beyond legal because the law system had to be picked by people. And what I would say is, is that um, you that that you know, freedom should be defined by the ability to leave whatever the system is, whatever the group is, right? Like, um, so if you know, if it's Keen, New Hampshire, you should be able to buy a big old piece of property. And why does it have to be? Yeah, like we have to choose a specific plantation, but we can't just choose to not be a part of a why plantation. Why can't it be the freedom to simply say no? That's the freedom that we're talking about here. No, most powerful word on the. In the English language. Because it's the owners of the land have defined a set of rules. They're not the rightful owners. Yeah, I think that's a better word. How do they rightful not be the rightful owners? I think rightful is a better word here than, le- than legitimate. No, you didn't. You didn't explain it to no, me in a way I could understand. Because they seem a the lot like the rightful owner. owners. Because... The rightful owner mixed their labor with nature, or they were given something that was rightfully owned, or they traded for something that was rightfully owned. All rights come from mixing your labor with nature. That's where property comes from. Let's stop using my house as an example and use market basket in Swansea, technically in Keene. When they had this big field and they wanted to build a market basket... In Keene, and Keene said, oh, you're going to have to give us this, this, and this, and this. They said, never mind, we're going to go to Swansea and build it. Um, (laughs) But did they ever have the right to tell Market Basket that if Market Basket mixed their labor with nature in this field that happened to be in the octagon or whatever, that the people calling themselves Keene, the city of Keene, 200 years ago, Drew, did, did anyone actually have the right the rightful ability to claim ownership over that field other than Market Basket when they built the building. Um, look, it, it, I don't know what to tell you when it comes to the ownership and the mixing of labor. I'm, I'm going to say that this is libertarian rhetoric and in order to get to where we want to be, that the fact is 
that that field <laughs> in Keene, New Hampshire, the de facto reality is, is that kill the field in Keene or the field versus the field in Swansea. It doesn't make a difference because they say they own it and they've said they've owned it for that's not even what they years. say. They only they act do. like it. No, no, no. They only act like they own it. And, and, you know, possession is certainly nine-tenths of the law or whatever, and if men with guns come onto the field, then you're not going to do it. What do you mean they don't say they own it? They don't say they own it. They don't say they own it, They don't say they own it, Okay, okay, so... They say so-and-so Maybe I'm not getting my terms... Maybe I'm not getting my terms right for you. They claim to be the lord of it. That's not even what they say, right? They don't say that, You're talking about what is real. Yeah, you're talking about what's really going on, that these are men with guns who who will threaten and possibly kill you if you don't do what they say. That is acting as a lord. That is acting as though they own the place. But at the same time, they're saying, oh no, it's Mr. Smith that owns this field, and he's going to sell that field to the uh, Market Basket Corporation, and we're just over here doing paperwork just to make sure that everything goes smoothly. We're here protecting your rights and until blah, you violate blah, blah. the paperwork, in which case they send bureaucrats in, and then the next level is the bureaucrats with the guns, and then the next level is the body bags. Right. So what I think what uh, Pico's Mountaineer pointed out here, and I'm I'm glad he called in about this because I think it was a really important distinction to make the difference between ownership of right and this violent uh, possession, this violent. Well, hey. To be fair, I only called in to wish everyone a happy Tuesday. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. But, uh, <laughs> I dragged him into it. a really it. important uh, discussion. And to, to Mark's point, yes, we are going to have to deal with a whole bunch of thieves in order to get to the point where we can live according to a reasonable system of ownership. You're just yeah, going to create the same system again. Why would it's we do that? Be- Why would we, who understand that system as an institution of violence? We, who the Shire Society Declaration. Because... Ultimately, this is what makes sense. No, it is doesn't. That, it yes, only it makes does. sense for a criminal enterprise. Hoppians you have renters. may do that, but that's not us. What's a hoppian? The free talk, a the free talk like- Sorry, I asked Bonnie, what is a hoppian? Well, a person who believes in like everything Hoppa says will say, like, well, I can't live next door to this person who's making their front yard look like white trash because it's affecting me, but really, it's really not affecting you. I don't think you well, can live in a deed restricted neighborhood same... if that's what you want. That's what Hoppe is talking about is basically deed restricted. Yeah, if you can't handle freedom, everybody would want some level of de- of sort of protection from their neighbors, and they do, except for you. I know. Um, and I don't care if my neighbor's got cars and you know whatever in his front lawn. That's his I know choice. you don't and, care. And to be fair, but everybody else probably does. going to be a uh, a market for a neighborhood where they have the lowest possible set of rules. And it'll probably be cheaper to live there. And if you violate that set of rules that do exist, they will forcibly remove you. I'm just saying that Mark cannot... Which is rightful if you've already agreed to those rules. But somebody agreed to these already. Ian agreed to buy the property. That is not agreeing to their arbitrary rule. There it is not. It's not arbitrary. Agree. It is arbitrary. It, Have you ever it's seen arbitrary. these people? It's, the it's not permit. arbitrary that it's arbitrary. The dog license is not arbitrary. I had No, the dog, dog license was in place before you were born. Yeah, it's arbitrary. And I had the dog for four years before I moved here. And there's no nothing about anything in the entire world will change if i pay or don't pay the dog license i'm it's not arbitrary. claiming that it'll change and i'm not claiming it makes sense that 
That's what arbitrary <laughs> it means. It is, but the definition of arbitrary no, is based arbitrary on a whim. You just pick something. Yeah, based, on, based a on a whim. That's what these people do. They meet every two weeks and they they rule people based on their whims. They okay. That's what they so the do. Reason they have dog licenses. Actually, makes a little bit of sense. The way they enforce it makes zero. No, it doesn't. Then why don't they have a cat license? Because cats are far less likely to get out there and get rabies and bite people. That's a ridiculous reason. That's not the reason they put it in what, place. What does me paying they, a dog raccoons. license help? For, if, so if Coconut got my dog. Now, I said a bit enforcement was dumb, didn't I? I don't the know. idea that they go through the list of people who got rabies shots well, in order to make them pay do? for rabies shots doesn't make any sense. Yeah, what could you possibly do to change the situation if Coconut got rabies right now and ran out and bit someone? What could the government possibly have done to stop that? Why did you move into a place that had a stupid rule like this? First of all, I didn't even know about it until I think like six months after I lived oh, here. Oh, you were supposed to read the contract, the contract. The That's place. the point. There's, there's, there's four lifetimes with a crap they've written down, and you better read it. Yeah, there's all, all of the places have stupid rules. All of them. And not a single one of them live according to them doesn't mean that they're right. Right. And not a single one of those uh, groups of arbitrary rulers will ever present you with any kind of reasonable list of those rules upon your arrival on, quote unquote, their property as an actual. Of course, they don't have to because they've got men with guns who will just kill you if you uh, disobey their stupid list of rules. It's better for them if you don't know the rules because then they can arrest you for anything. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's if just amazing Prospera, that you can sit here and, de- and defend these people, Mark. I mean, it's just I, absolutely amazing. What I'm amazing. trying to do is compare this to reality. You say that if I set up my own little cloistered society, that it's completely acceptable. No matter what rules I have, I can have the dumbest rules in the world. I can say that you don't just need a dog license. You need nine. Why? Because I picked the number nine out of the air. Right? And, and, but you say that's completely acceptable, Ian. Because I'm you not choose to move there. I'm not, I'm not claiming you would. able to do whatever you want on your rightful property. And that's the point I'm trying to make is that these pieces of land have existed since before we were born. All y'all knew what was up with Keene, New Hampshire. You know, just acting like you didn't. I literally didn't know what was up with the dog licenses, just for one example. There's probably 100,000 more. I did not read the Keene ordinances before moving here, and I suspect you you leave any day you want. Sir, you did not read the Westmoreland ordinances before you moved there. I found them difficult to even find. Yeah. Th- that's that works against your your argument. Yes, of course it does. They're inefficient <laughs> and they're evil, but you accept them. You embrace no. them. No. You argue for them. No. I want Walmart and straight hair. You're the one arguing for them. You're no, the I'm one not. I mean, they're legitimate. I'm telling you to leave. If you don't like it, leave. Shut up. Quit arguing about it. It's the truth. They no, own Mark. it. No, and that's the same and really, old I don't even want Walmart that bad, but they have a then, corporation. I want anybody to be able to make a Walmart. And I that's mean, the, the thing. I, the, uh, the, the, uh, the, the fact that you just shouted, if you don't like it, leave, is just perfect evidence of how absurd your position is on this. You have become uh, like a conservative talking point at, you know, at this point in this discussion. I know, uh, Peekless, you were trying to get something in there, yeah. uh, but he was stomping yeah, on That's an ad hominem and not accurate. So- so here's the thing. I can't leave sets of insane rules 
because I can leave one set of insane hmm. rules, but only if I go to a, pl- a place with another set of insane rules. Thank you. There's Amen. There's no place where I can just have sane rules. And yeah, if it's if it's your rightful, like if you uh, uh, say you can come over to my house, but you have to have nine licenses, well, it's your house. Morazon.city is open right now. Any of you in that room can rent a place there for $120 a month. You can drive, fly, and there's probably some trains you could take if you wanted to. Just situated to right in front of the most dangerous city in the world for women. It's, it's, a ter- it's a terrible place, but it is walled and has armed guards. So I can just never leave the walls. <laughs> there, so far, there has not been violent crime in Morazan Dot City. I'm sure there will be at some point, but you can argue against it because you don't like it. But you can't say that an alternative doesn't exist. Uh, no one said there weren't alternatives to the existing system. I'm glad that these things exist out there, Mark. However, it doesn't mean that you're correct that these systems or governments or whatever you want to call them, these violent people, have any kind of rightful ownership over the this property. And How your, would they have gotten and rightful And we should ownership. not accept they that they have rightful ownership over whole it. Entire... All right, the... well, sit there and cry like babies about it. I'm not crying about it. I'm and the working... other thing is, I don't know these Morazon people. I don't know that they won't like do a bait and switch and decide that you have to have 10 dog licenses once I get there or something like that. I just don't know these well, people. Well, if that were the case, you could walk away from it because 120 bucks a month isn't a big You can you leave know, Keen, too. No, I can't leave Keen. I'm stuck here. Uh, I'm stuck in you at least in New Hampshire. I'm stuck at least here in New Hampshire due to the federal government and the bail conditions on me. So, no, not everyone has the freedom to do this. You were given the opportunity to move to Mexico several years ago by me. Yeah, and I don't want to live there either because of what what Peakless Mountaineer pointed out is everywhere you go, with the exception of maybe your Morazon.city, everywhere you go that is a normal place to go is there's going to be a killer uh, killer gang around, and they're going to try to hurt you if you don't do what they say. Well, that gang exists that- in Mexico. That gang exists in New Hampshire. They are different gangs, and they have different arbitrary rules, but they will use force against you in every single one of those situations. So just but saying one, you could one leave— one gang is a little bit possible that one day it could be taken over. But New Mexico—I mean, Mexico is not possible. That's just not going to happen. Yeah, so, I'm not going to try to take over the government of uh, Mexico, and I'm not going to give my life to my enemies. By right, trying that's to because you government. have a different philosophy. You have changed into the philosophy that you should just be as free as you can possibly be and ignore all of the people that are being harmed around you. And that's well, fine if that's how you want to live. What Go if ahead. the people uh, around you don't want to be your t- type of free, Ian? That's pretty clearly the case for most people around me at all times. But, but they also should okay. don't have the But right why are you trying to either. force things down their throat? He's not. He just doesn't want to be subjugated by them. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm not trying to force Please. anything down anyone's throat. That's hold why on. we're yeah, trying on to On one hand, Ian has just nailed here. himself to a cross. I'm here to free everybody else that doesn't want to be free. You will be free because I have freed you. What? what? That's not what I'm no, saying No, he doesn't. He wants That's the what, people that want to be free saying. to have the option. Yeah. The whole point of the Free State Project and the migration of freedom lovers here is so we can gather enough people who do understand what freedom means and who do value these things to where we can have some influence 
influence and actually move these ideas forward to lessen the influence uh, or legitimacy of these criminal gangs. Go ahead, Peekles. I know you're trying to jump in there. Well, I just want to uh, make a little uh, Henry David Thoreau quote. Where, wherever a man goes, men will pursue him and paw him with their dirty institutions, and if they can, constrain him to belong hmm. to their desperate, oddfellow society. Hmm. And we're trying to do something else here. And, and I, one I, thing I, to keep in mind is, sure, I can move to Mexico and then starve. Because where I'm at right now, I can't do the digital nomad thing yet. Like, I, I need to actually go make a living, which means I need to interact with these people who follow insane rules in order to be left alone. It's really unfortunate. And, I, you know, I hope that everybody can at some point uh, find some way to make money online and be able to do this. Oh, but so you're admitting not I, everybody can just do what you're talking about? Everybody are you admitting do? that not everybody can move to New Hampshire? Uh, yeah, obviously there's people all around the world who Perfect. can't come here Me because too. there's a criminal enterprise prohibiting them from coming here. There's there there's plenty of people like if somebody's a realtor in Peoria, Illinois right now, they've built a business being a realtor over the course of 15 years, picking up and moving to New Hampshire is going to be a huge economic hit for them. Yeah, no doubt. Now, I mean, look, uh, there's uh, there's certain I, I know, uh, investments. There are can easily transfer. Right? I mean, Mark Ward, there are work. impediments to everyone moving everywhere. My recommendation is move to where you have the best life. Yeah, that's because you don't care about other people's freedoms and I what's do. going on. And well, so, it's their so, freedom to live their life. Like to, one thing I'd like to point out that's a difference is like uh, in, in the situation you're describing, we don't know how long that freedom will be accepted by the men with guns there. And the, at least the methods that we're pursuing here by slowly but surely uh, and in accordance with their insane ways of doing things, getting a little bit more and a little bit more freedom means that at least what we do get will be accepted by the psychopaths with guns. So there are jerks and fits and starts to all freedom in all places. I certainly wouldn't hold up New Hampshire as the best place to be, say, in COVID in 2020 and 2021. And I'm sure you wouldn't either. But It's um, better than Texas. It's better than Texas, and I'm not advocating people move to Texas. Uh, New, uh, Mexico tended to be better in some ways than these other places. But San Juan, Puerto Rico, I got yelled at by a cop through a, a, a loudspeaker for not wearing a mask on the street. I, just, I was just I, saying it, that New Hampshire really wasn't like so bad with COVID. It just seemed so bad. Florida was better. Because it was like better than, I mean, because it was suddenly something totally crazy going on. But in comparison to the rest of the, the 50 states, I don't think it was as mid-pack as some people say. Like, I traveled to 20 states in 2020, not 19. So I think I can say so. The only thing that I would say about New Hampshire when I was there, and I'm trying to diss New Hampshire. I think New Hampshire is a great place to live. I've chosen to make it my legal uh, tax residence. But um, what I would say about it was, is when I was in New Hampshire in 2020 and 2021, you would talk to somebody at a grocery store about a mask. Whereas when I was in Florida in 2021, you would not. Like in Florida, I was just without a mask. Well, you're in saying New Hampshire, New Hampshire you're I had not, to show that's just little... keen. That's the thing. In Ma Manchester, right. where I lived for a month and a half in 2020, the thick of it too, like September and October, 
there was never a time that I had to wear a mask and never time that anyone said anything to me about the mask. Okay. I, I, you're right. I did not live in uh, Manchester, New Hampshire. I only lived in Keene, New Hampshire. There were Sarasota, probably Florida, some parts of Florida that were, uh, were more highly enforced than others. We know there the were. There was liberal. a caller that called in and said that the like really Cuban parts of Miami were just masked the entire two years. Yeah, so I think so, it just depends uh, on where you one, are. One uh, criticism just in general of the idea that I have is that, you know, what if, okay, well, I move here for these freedoms, and then, oh, well, these freedoms aren't here anymore, so I'll move over here because I'm free or here. Oh, well, I'm not free here anymore. I'll move over here. And slowly but surely, the highest possible amount of freedom is less and less and less. As composed, Wouldn't you be creating demand to, for that freedom? Uh, uh, hmm? You're creating demand for the freedom that you want. And presumably other people are going to do the same thing. So places Big are going to say, I want this freedom. You, you know, need this is other why Las people, Vegas though. Is... You can't do it alone. You don't have to fight for it. You can just build it. Well, I like the idea of just building something. Unfortunately, the criminal element that we've been discussing here isn't just going to go away uh, because you want to ignore them. I mean, we've seen people oh, that's try. For sure. We've seen people try yeah, the, that before. Uh, the, the, the issue I have with the demand, though, is that it, it's one of those things like you don't have to be faster than the bear, just faster than the guy next to you. So they don't actually have to give you the most freedom, just like the they have to be a little freer than this guy. Whereas if we go to one place, that's true. create a free society slowly but surely, then we can actually increase the the amount of freedom that way. Yep, and I think that's the certainly the long-term plan. Obviously, it's not ha- happening fast enough for some people, and if they just want to go live on their own in a walled-off city, I think that, you know, more power to them. Uh, I wish them the best. I really hope that that system works. I hope that that becomes a success and that, you know, the government criminals in Honduras don't come in there and raid the place with, a, you know, a SWAT team someday, because I suspect that the armed guards are not going to keep them out. Uh, thank you, yep. Peakless Mountaineer, for the call here tonight. I appreciate thank it. You. If you didn't get on tonight with us, then call us tomorrow. We'll be sure to get you on uh, soon. Then I think uh, Mark's Mark's gonna be back tomorrow. If I uh, I'm correct about that, so he'll, he'll have, yes, I intend to. He'll have round two, and Aria should be joining us as well. Uh, we'll see you Thank tomorrow you. online. In the meantime, freetalklive.com. I love you, Bonnie. Love you. This is Mark Edge with Free Talk Live. Mark Warden with PorcupineRealEstate.com is one of the best real estate agents I've ever worked with. I've been through about two dozen real estate transactions in my life, and I feel like I know what I'm doing, but there's always the things that you don't know that you don't know. Mark Warden with PorcupineRealEstate.com found a problem with the house that I was buying that ultimately saved me $65,000. He's a consummate professional, holds his people to his own high standards, and I would unequivocally recommend him for any real estate purchase in New Hampshire. Don't sell yourself short. Contact PorcupineRealEstate.com.